Val Verde. Okay, what about this guy? Ask yourself, why has he got his hat pulled down like that? He's fuck ugly. Or he doesn't want you to see his face. Because he's fuck ugly. Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 229. And we're fired up to get into some fantasy football talk, dropping the goo, giving the knowledge. And this week, it's going to be part two of our Pyro uh, Collective Tears show. Last week, we did wide receivers and running backs. This week, we are going to do quarterbacks and tight ends. Um, good times all around. As you know, we do our tiers is something that we've helped pioneer in this industry. And basically what our collective tiers is, is for each draft kit, we do our own version of our tiers. And that's, uh, you know, we do our own version of tiers. And then we, the aggregate of it, the average of it, uh, when we put them together, is our collective and we use that for our rankings on player rankings. We have a tab in this in the draft kit. We'll talk about that a little bit later. As usual, I am with Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just pretty uh, pretty sweet times all around. I uh, hope everyone had a wonderful uh, um, holiday weekend back from Memorial Day. Hopefully everyone got to enjoy the uh, day. And uh, it's officially, in my mind, the start of summer. So, hallelujah, us in the Midwest and in Chicago. And others that uh, get tough seasonal winters, uh, you, you, you're was, all loving it. It's been a great uh, start to the summer here in Chicago. Uh, this weekend was especially perfect with the weather. So uh, it's uh, I, I usually experience the Memorial Days here where it's about 55 degrees and rainy. So it's nice when you get the low 80s, high 70s, and uh, lots of sunshine. One thing I will say, we know it's hot in here, and we got to close all the windows and we can't have the AC on, because my computer just turned on and is already overheating. So if you hear some sort of humming in the background, hopefully the uh, the export will get rid of it. But right now, 
I'm sweating balls, Stag Party sweating balls, Houdini sweating balls, and my computer sweating balls too. So, uh, and we just got started. We're two <laughs> minutes into it, and you know us, we like to go along. So, we're dedicated. We're dedicated. Let's get into it. Uh, I might, at some point when we're doing uh, one of our ads later, I might go put some fresh balls uh, on my. <laughs> no, bring on my, back the fresh uh, balls. Bring back the fresh balls. One of my favorite early uh, advertisers. Stuff, <laughs> it works like a jam. I used it at a festival down in Atlanta few weeks ago. If I didn't have that stuff, oh, chub rub city. Um, all right, let's get into it. We're going to basically go from the top down. We'll start with quarterbacks as first. Uh, and basically in our first tier for quarterbacks, this is uh, four players, one through four. And we got Cam Newton sitting at number one, number one ranked quarterback. Then we got number two is Andrew Luck. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is our third ranked quarterback. And Russell Wilson rounds out tier one of quarterbacks. Um, you know, in all honesty, because there's going to be a lot fewer players, one thing I do want to do uh, in today's show is give a little more background into tiers um, and why we use them a little bit more as we're talking about these guys. I think last week we were talking so much about players that maybe some of our listeners don't know, uh, don't really use or uh, use them or are new to tears. So we'll give a little bit of a background. And also, you can check us out on facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac.com. And I posted, I think, Friday morning, maybe it was Saturday morning, an old video that Dogmatica and I had done, about a half an hour video. It kind of just is an overview and a, a primer for tears. So check that out. I think it's a good overview and talks about, you know, why we do tears, why, how they can help you, and all that good stuff. So, dudes. What's up, Cam Newton? At, in at number one. Um, how you how you how you living? I mean, that's the major question. He had a great season last year. Scored a boatload of fantasy points. And depending how you sort of think about it, you know, you're gonna see some regression. Is he gonna rush for a ton of touchdowns again? You know, is he gonna throw for 35 touchdowns again? And he had one of his lower yardage seasons of his career. So does that maybe come back up with Kelvin Benjamin back in the fold? You know, how does this sort of all balance out? for Cam Newton in the coming season? Well, I mean, we know that I'm a believer that having Kelvin Benjamin back is going to be a boon for him and a boon for Kelvin Benjamin, um, even though he's not going as, as much of a value as we discussed in the last podcast. But for Cam, I look at it as, you know, he has all the pieces there for him. And now you can finally, by having... Benjamin back in the offense, having all these other receivers, uh, Devin Funch is having another year in the system, uh, having Ted Ginn, who can still be your, your, your burner type guy, and having Greg Olson. He has a plethora of weapons, along with his legs, that he is going to put up solid fantasy point numbers uh, during the season. I have no doubt about it. And then they still have a strong defense, so they're going to get the ball back in his hands. And, uh, you know, when, it, when push comes to shove and you've got to make a play, he makes big plays. So that, that's, that's why I, I still think he is right up there and, and the ability to run, and he'll still give you probably at least six touchdowns rushing this year. And so if he's giving you five or six touchdowns rushing, you're getting amazing value. He's given you at least five of every season in his career. And every season of his career, he's averaged at least 17.5 fantasy points. I mean, he's got a pretty safe floor that even if he busts and doesn't be the top QB next season, which is likely – the last QB to finish, you know, twice in a row, number one QB was Aaron Rodgers back in 2008, 2009. Like, the, the number one performances are just tough to repeat from the quarterback position. Someone new usually comes out 
and outshines the guy, you know, the next year. And, hey, that might end up being next year's MVP. Um, we don't know who it is yet. But the thing is, Cam Newton also, his career completion percentage hovers around 60%. And Well, so does Eli Manning's. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys, I'm just saying, you know, part of the problem for him has been he didn't have anyone to catch the ball. You know, when you have guys that are just making drops on you, uh, that's that, that hurts your completion percentage. So, I mean, he does have... I agree. He's not one of these guys who's a Drew Brees technician that's out there throwing a 68, 70% completion percentage. Okay. Uh, but those guys are also not using their legs and getting the yards that he's getting there. So, it's to me, it ends up being kind of a wash. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. It's just hard to repeat. That, that's all oh, I'm yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Everything's always hard to repeat. Uh, you know, if he's there at number one, you know, he should be the first quarterback selected. But all these guys in the first tier legitimately have a case to be the first one selected. Uh, you know, personally, with that sort of top-end talent, that means if there's four guys in that tier, that means I can wait to maybe round three, maybe round four or five, and still get maybe one of these players. And that gives me extreme value. So that means I'm not going to reach for one of these players in the first two rounds. Well, it's also interesting, too, is we have Cam as our collective number one, which is uh, the collective of D-Rex, myself, Houdini, Stag Party, Dogmatica, and Mo. Uh, the three of us here on this podcast do not have Cam Newton as our number one. Yeah, I, uh, I've got him as my two. We all uh, Stag has got him as his three. Wow. And uh, Houdini's got him as his two as well. Me and Houdini are mirroring each other on our first two picks. So let's get to our next guy, Mr. Andrew Luck, the man that I think by the time we do our next podcast uh, will have signed some behemoth of a contract. Seems like the talks are heating up that a $25 million plus uh, kind of contract is heading his way. Uh, Well worth it. I think he's ready. Oh, they spent, what, every one of their draft picks essentially this year trying to fix the one thing that we've been talking about for ages is that offensive line. The guy's getting tattered. He's obviously going to learn from uh, just a really down year and a lot of injuries last year and just probably, in general, just being actually very hurt a lot of times. He was probably a very painful fall for this guy where he's just got to be smarter and he's going to have to learn how to slide. He's going to have to learn how to not try to get the extra yard. He's going to have to learn how to throw it away. All the things that we kind of thought he was great at prior to last year. I remember about a year ago saying, you know, talking about keeper leagues and talking about luck just in general. I felt like he was just the most obvious choice of someone, maybe besides an Eli who's Mr. Iron Man, to go 16 games for you. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. So he's going to have to play smarter. um, But I think the upside with the weapons, a little bit more, uh, nothing really done too much to the running game. I think Luck is uh, primed to have a nice fantasy season. Uh, Stag Party, you've got Luck at number two. Uh, What are your thoughts on Mr. uh, Number three, actually. Number two. No, he's got 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 Cam at three. Oh, okay. Well, the thing is, we've got to remember how bad Luck started the year and how many interceptions he was throwing. He ended up with 12 in just seven games last season, and that's parts of seven games. That's barely even seven full games. Uh, Luck was just turning the ball over, seemed like early and often, but still averaged pretty healthy 18.4 fantasy points a game. In, in those seven games, he had he didn't have any of those big 30-plus point explosions, uh, but he had three games over 20 fantasy points, you know, in short work last season. And, and towards those last couple games, he finally looked to be figuring it out a little bit. And the things he was able to do against the, you know, tough Denver defense and getting the victory, 
Uh, you know, he threw for 252 yards and two touchdown passes, and this was against the best passing uh, defense in the league. You know, he's sort of figured it out. Also, the weapons are more clear for him this year than they were yeah. last year. There was a lot of, you know, murky situations with Andre Johnson coming in, a rookie in Philip Dorsett. That people uh, were pissed that they took. Yeah, yeah. They could have used an offensive lineman there, yeah. obviously. Um, but, you know, they're getting better up the middle. They drafted a center um, who should help, you know, solidify that. And, you know, usually that quarterback-center tandem, just their protections on the offensive lines and the way they call uh, protections, that should help just in the long run. Just having a heady guy back there who's able to, you know, pick up blitzes and call out different things, that should help him along. The, the concerning part, you know, is Andrew Luck's got a completion career completion percentage of under 60%. You got to bring it up before I did. <laughs> and last year it was 55%. And this was supposed to be in a Pep Hamilton offense mm-hmm. where they, you know, it was sort of a dink and dunk style. But, you know, now they've got new offensive coordinator in there who took over late uh, in the season last year in Rod Chudzinski. We'll see how that plays out. You know, no more Kobe Fleener. You know, so that situation's also gone. The team just looks a little bit cleaner without the depth they might have had last year. you got to remember, he's only two years removed from throwing for over 4,700 yards and 40 touchdowns and rushing for three more touchdowns and 273 yards. So, you know, he can put up the big numbers. Uh, he showed the ability to put up those monster games two years ago as well. And the, the, the other stat that uh, is astounding, even with the horrible year that he had last year, his average yard per attempt, not per completion, per attempt, is 6.8 yards. So every time he's dropping back to pass the ball, they're on average gaining seven yards. That's that's pretty damn impressive. That's that's toward the tops. I think when you got T.Y. Hilton, you got a door set. Both of these guys are two of the fastest, most electric players in the game. Uh, and you've got Moncrief, who's actually, for, for his size, uh, pretty much a burner. So... When you've got that kind of big play capability at wide receiver and you're in a, a league that scores and gives you more points for longer touchdowns, uh, it's looking pretty good for Andrew Luck, who can hur- hurl it downfield pretty well. Um, so you, you really like him in those big scoring leagues. Um, should we? Uh, any, any, anything else you want to talk about, Mr. Lutsky? The thing is, also that division he plays in. He gets the Jaguars a couple times a season. He gets the Texans a couple times a season, who are n- no slouch, but then he gets the Tennessee Titans a couple times a season. But, and that's always led to good, good things you know, for any, any Indianapolis quarterback in the past. I would say that this is the last year that you get any real benefit out of that. That division, Maybe. I will tell you, by, next, by 2017, you're going to see that those defenses are going to be some of the top defenses in the league. I wouldn't say top. Maybe they'll uh, maybe just, they make it to average. Just wait and see because you got you have another you'll have another draft class and another free agency that they they'll be able to add to these teams. So I'm just saying, you got a lot of young talent there on on uh, on these teams. All right, let's go to Stag's number one ranked quarterback, uh, my arch nemesis, my my enemy, stealing my Olivia Munn from me. She'll come back around. He's brainwashed her a little bit with his bank account, and all this stuff. Uh, but she'll come around. <laughs> oh, little things, little things. <laughs> but uh, so tell tell us, Stag Party, what uh, what's got you so high on Aaron Rodgers at the in the one slot this year? Basically every year, but last year, every time he's played a full season, he's finished as QB one or QB two. That's a pretty safe floor to have 
Um, I'm not going to be drafting a guy likely in this top tier unless Russell Wilson might fall to the fifth round. I just think his stats could explode a little bit more. I think that defense is regressing a little bit, and I think the weapons around him all feel like they've got a lot of pressure on them to step up after last season. Um, you know, they've also got some young developing players, Ty Montgomery, Jeff Janis, you know, maybe even Devontae Adams, added an athletic tight end in the middle, and Jared Cook who could do things. You know, that that's always seemed to do pretty well with Jermichael Finley and Aaron Rodgers. So if they can, you know, piece together any of that sort of chemistry. And they said he's been a workout monster so far for them in OTAs, just able to get open against, you know, coverage linebackers like they haven't had a tight end do uh, the past couple of years. So, you know, just all the weapons around him and his consistent production from the position. Plus he's got one of, like, the safe interception floors where if Aaron Rodgers throws double digits, Interceptions twice season, in his career. Twice in his career. I would be extremely surprised. He's got the lowest interception rate in the history of the NFL. He's just a guy who's going to give you. He takes care of the ball. Just all the things he could do while having 275 yards and three touchdowns, and make it look easy. Yeah, and he is. He's the safe pick. There's no doubt about it. But he's also to me not that guy that's going to ever had that ridiculous explosion season. I mean, we, we kept thinking it was going to happen, but here's a guy where other guys are throwing for 5,000 yards. His best season was back in 2011 when he threw for 4,643 yards. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, he, that was the year he threw for 45 touchdowns. So that was his career year. I think they won the Super Bowl that year, right? Uh, yes. I mean, he won MVP, I think, the, that year too. So, um, but since then, you know, he's been... A guy who's going to give you where I almost kind of look at him as like uh, I can uh, the the poor man for him is, is Eli Manning, you know, a guy who's going to give you four thousand yards and throw for uh, thirty five f- touchdowns, thirty five to forty touchdowns, and but he'll throw. You, Eli Manning would love to have a season like that. <laughs> the one thing I'm against with uh, Rodgers, um, and I, I would love to have him on my, on my team. He is a, he's a solid. He's he's very very safe player. But the one thing. That just seems to happen with McCarthy and him is they don't they don't put their they don't put their uh, by the way Eli Manning last year forty four hundred yards thirty five touchdowns the year before forty four hundred yards thirty touchdowns you said forty touchdowns okay well maybe not forty <laughs> touchdowns but that's why I said he's the poor man's version of him he didn't hope throw the forty but I'm going to get the same yards I'm going to get five less touchdowns on the season and I get bigger games one of the things we've mentioned with Aaron Rodgers is the fact that they. One, sometimes it seems like the game's like basically over at half with them. Sometimes when he does have these big games, it's like right out of the gates. So it's like never one of these shootout kind of matchups, it seems like. It's kind of like he never really gets that enormous, enormous game because they just kind of start running it, running the ball after they're dest- destroying a team. And another thing, it just seems like they don't like to put their, uh, their foot on the jugular and really kind of just... Put that get this record-breaking type of games for Aaron Rodgers. It's just not the way that that coaching staff they don't they don't seem to care about it. Well, no, they're they're trying to figure out. Remember, they've been trying to figure out this roadmap to victory when they were when they were having all these leads uh, about when the year that they year before they drafted Eddie Lacy, and they had all these leads and they kept evaporating because their offense couldn't uh, keep the the pedal to the metal and, and step on the jugular, and the defense couldn't stop anybody, and all of a sudden they started losing these games. So then they bring in Eddie Lacy. So it's like, okay, when well, we're up in these games, because we do get up early, this is when we're going to lean on the running game and be able to, to ground and pound and, and, and carry it through. The problem is that real identity has never really been found, yeah. I don't think. So I think you still have extremely productivity, uh, extreme productivity that's going on there, but you're, 
just not getting the same high-end results because it's again I, I think it's, it, it, to me it seems like there's just some confusion when it comes to because does Lacey ever get to the huge games either even when he was really really going off I mean it's like I don't think that they ever really truly commit they try to stay balanced I, I know but now potentially the defense is getting worse yeah. could you know this Green Bay team finally put it together he's a 32 year old quarterback who's got a chance to do more I mean he's We've seen him just play safe his entire time, but eventually the reins could just be off, and he could. That that's what I think might happen with a little bit of a worse defense. You know, if they can't count on that running game just enough, if they just have to air it out for a full season, his numbers are gonna by far surpass any of these other. One guys. problem though, uh, that means that the the Vikings have to get appreciably better, the Bears have to get appreciably better, and sort of the Lions and. I still think the Green Bay... I think all of those things happened. I mean, I the Vikings were the playoff team last year with one of the best defenses in the league. Well, I understand, but at the same time, has it gotten to the point where it's truly caught them yet? I think it's getting closer, but I mean, that's the thing. that They've always been able to rest on their laurels because they win the division all the damn time. Yeah. Except for when they don't want to, like last year. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it worked out to be the smart move. <laughs> Well, let's get um, one quick side note. Uh, take a look at uh, our ex-defensive uh, um, end, Julius Peppers, who's now on the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Check out his girlfriend. Uh, she's, a, she's an Instagram model, and she's basically like a smoke show, twice as hot version of uh, Kim Kardashian, who I don't even think is really hot. But check her out. Good times. Uh, don't tell you. Don't say that D-Rex didn't uh, point you out to some uh, some some hot smoke shows of NFL players ever. Um, let's go on to the not the fourth guy in that tier number one, Russell Wilson. His wife uh, or fiance is pretty hot as well. Um, but let's uh, <laughs> let's. That's let's, another show. There we go. Exactly. Uh, I've got him as number three. Stag Party's got him as four. Houdini, you got him as three as well. Dogs got him as, at, as three, and Moe's got him as four, uh, bringing him as, to a collective of QB four in tier one. Um, you know, I think it scares me a little bit with him. He is the one guy out of these uh, four that is 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 most likely to slip and and be uh, become a value pick. He does kind of outperform uh, his ADP. Um, and becomes a value ROI, return on investment most years since he's come into the league. I'm a little scared uh, that they really seem hell-bent on replacing uh, Marshawn Lynch with running backs uh, in this draft and the fact that now you're hearing rumblings of the fact that some players in the team don't even think that Marshawn Lynch is truly retired. So those are things that scare me. I think it's great that they kept Curse. Um, Baldwin they're obviously going to have around. And so the weapons are there. Who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy Graham. So the, the, the team, the nucleus that he's got to work with in that passing game um, should be just as good as, uh, as, as ever. Uh, so that's that. there's the pros and the cons. The last thing I'd say is, and I think it's probably where you guys will go with it, there's no way you can replicate that record-breaking uh, you know, five-game stretch or six-game stretch that he did last year. So I would say, unless you guys think he's going to be able to do it better over the whole season and start hot and just kind of stay in as, as a top-end uh, guy, I, I could see his numbers falling a bit. See, I think that he's actually primed now. It's going to be tough. No, he's not going to repeat those that, that stretch. That stretch was ridiculous. But he's going to have 
a better, he might have a better full, a full entire season. So here's here's when you got to think about it too. You talk about taking the reins off of the of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. How about Russell Wilson? They've had the reins on him for the the entirety of his career, and now that finally Marshawn Lynch is gone, and Russell, you would talk about other things that we've been mentioning earlier here, has a fantastic completion percentage. Last year highlighted at 68.1. He's got a 65, basically uh, 65% com- career completion percentage. He is also a guy that does not throw interceptions. Has only had one double-digit interception season. That was his rookie year when he threw 10. Uh, took his touchdown total from, he had highs at 26 his first two years, and then 20 up to 34. And again, now if Graham is going to be back, I don't really think that they're going to be tailoring anything to Graham. But Russell still gives you rushing yards. He gave you 553 last year, only one touchdown. But what he gives overall is going to give you steady production. They And you said it. Is it going to be Thomas Rawls or any of these other guys that they're, that they're now parading into the backfield? Are they going to be truly as committed to the run as they have been in the past? Or are they going to let Russell kind of open things up like he did when they had their, their great success? And I think that that is what they're going to realize, that you have a special talent here. Allow him to do what he does. That's why you re-sign Curse. That's why you just address the other guys there. And you know that you have Tyler Lockett, who's a special talent as well. Let them blossom together, and if Jimmy's there, Jimmy's there, and if he's not, then screw him. Yeah, that's the thing you like. You know, the weapons around him are pretty similar, except for that offensive line. But he's also just got safe weekly production. This guy's going to give you double-digit fantasy points no matter the week. In just the last three seasons, he's only given you uh, under 10 fantasy points three times in the regular season. Like, there is nobody with a safer weekly floor than Russell Wilson. And this is a guy who plays in maybe over the last, over the course of his career, the toughest division in football. Yeah, and it's, uh, getting, it's getting better for him. It's getting better. It's getting weaker yeah, around yeah, him. Right, yeah. which is good. But, you know, the best division in football for his first four years of his career. He's battle-tested. You know, you think some numbers are even out. Regressions are bound to happen. But we talked about that last year, and suddenly he went on a historic five-game stretch that nobody could have predicted. Yeah. But, you know, he's a steady 300-plus fantasy point scorer now. He's done it in each of the last two seasons. He could, throw, he could easily throw 30 touchdowns again. He doesn't have to throw 34 um, because he's going to have such a low interception rate, and he's also going to rush for 500-ish yards. And if he can score more than one rushing touchdown, which he's done previously in his career, with a career high of, what, six? You know, this is a guy who can still add some fantasy points. Just, you know, rushing touchdowns are worth more than uh, passing touchdowns if you play in a pretty standard four-point passing league. And, and, the, and the point is the rushing part is huge because it, it really will also depend on your league's rules. Because I'm in a league where it's rushing touchdowns and rushing yards don't do anything. It's just total yards for quarterbacks. So it's passing and rushing. Mm-hmm. So in those situations where big bonuses happen at the 350, 400, you know, 450, 500-yard passing moments, you're not going to get those from Russell Wilson. Uh, that's where Know Your League comes that's in. That's where Know Your League comes in. But, you want a traditional pocket passer. Typically. But if you're in a regular standard league, yes, that you are going to get... Amazing steady production out of him. Well, when the rush, the rushing, and how you're saying the consistency of what him putting points per game is is uh, only t- uh, under ten three times. Look at you know what you're going to get from him from a rushing standpoint, and that was when they had uh, Marshawn Lynch. I think his rushing goes up. Last year he he ran 103 times. 
Uh, like Houdini said, 553, 54 yards. Only had one TD. The year before, he had 849 rushing yards. Off of just, from last year, just 15 more carries. And his first two years in the uh, uh, seasons in the league, he had 94, 96. So he's always going to be right around 100 carries. And if he can do more with those like he did two years ago, I mean... Jeez Louise, this guy, and without Marshawn Lynch, this guy could have a 1,000-yard season. Uh, unlikely, but possible. Didn't Mike I think, that, I think that was hyperbole. I stated I also think it was. Did Mike make him a 1,000-yard season? Yes. Bet? He yeah. did. So he's the only guy that's ever done it, right? I think to my Steve Young was had a big one one time. No, it, was, it, was, I, it was actually Chicago's uh, uh, Bob Thomas. No, not Bob no. Thomas. Uh, uh, what was his name? Vince um, Young. No, not not Abilene, not Abilene, not Vince Evans. Bobby Douglas. Yes. Bobby Douglas. He had like eight hundred and eighty-eight something yards, but that was also in a fourteen-game season. So. But every time a quarterback rushes for eight hundred plus yards in a season, they typically never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I bet you. I bet you he'll finish his career with more uh, rushing attempts than Darren Sproles. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. so let's see, Tyler Lockett, another guy. Where you think talking explosion factor? Um, Tyler Lockett's primed; he can make big plays. So if you're in a league that rewards for the big play, uh, Tyler Lockett seems to have that kind of capability to help a Russell Wilson. Um, so and Russell Wilson's strength of schedule isn't amazing, um, but it's not terrible. So he's sitting at 19, which is a little below average. Uh, I don't think it means anything but- for a guy like him. He's going to overcome that. That's pretty good considering yeah. that division he yeah. plays in. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go on to the next tier. Okay. Yeah, but and I want to have one reason why Ben Roethlisberger is ranked ahead of. Okay, Drew but let's also let's also make a point before we go to the next tier that when you look at this next tier of quarterbacks, they are and the reason why we're separating at the top four that we have already is. All of these guys at the top four are going to give you that steady, awesome production and have the ability to score you amazing fantasy points throughout the season. These other guys, it's not as certain. And you have lower floors uh, on a lot of these guys. Uh, some guys have the high ceilings, but at the same time, it's a lot of... We've seen it, but we haven't seen it throughout an entire season to to justify moving them up at this point. So go ahead, Ben Rollins. Well, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll agree with you a little bit, Stags. If I was putting, and one of the things I like to do with my tiers, sometimes when we're doing our tiers for the draft kit, you don't put as much into each of this. You know, I always like to do. Well, I take the guy ahead of him. Uh, who would I take more, this guy or the guy ahead of him in my tiers? And I bet you, you try and do that with every single player, and that's a really thorough way to get um, your tiers really buttoned up and and and, and tight. And uh, in all honesty, I have Breeze at ten. And I have Ben Roethlisberger as my quarterback 10 and Ben Roethlisberger at 7. But if I was on the draft clock and it was time to pick, I would take a breeze over Ben Roethlisberger. So I have to update that a little bit. I think I think the Ben Roethlisberger comes down a bit because, mostly because of the Martavis Bryant action. Okay. Uh, I, the, but the reason why I'm scared of a breeze is his age. I think, feel like there's just something that's got to happen to this guy. And I'm worried about the talents a little bit. Right now, you, unless Brandon Cooks really makes a jump, and we know we got Fleener, who's better, but they're, they're moving more towards being a, more of a running attack. And, and Breeze didn't have 5,000 yards last season, did he? 
No, and that's that's the first here. that's the first time he, he hasn't he done that. Like fifteen games. So he would have he would have well, if he here, played here's, sixteen. Here's the thing about this tier as well, and I think what uh, really spells it out is when you look at where each of us individually have these four guys ranked: Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Carson Palmer, and Eli Manning. We're all over the board. Yeah. So this is also why it's a clear separation from that first tier where we were pretty much in agreement on to everybody's got their own opinion on the next 10 quarterbacks for the most part. Yeah. And the interesting thing is like how that works out is that Ben Roethlisberger is rated uh, only by one person as number five and everyone else has got him rated higher. Yet because everybody else has different guys at, at different levels, it puts Ben at number five. I, so while he's there, do I really think he's truly the number five quarterback? No, I don't. So I mean, there's I'm just saying, there's no way anybody should draft Ben Roethlisberger ahead of Drew Brees. There's basically I disagree with that. What what, do you, what what's your reasoning? My reasoning is let's look at the history of Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, it's not nearly as good as Drew Brees. It's, it's I'm not, not going to say that it is, but Ben Roethlisberger also has the uh, is now in a very prolific offense with a running back in Le'Veon Bell who adds a lot to the receiving game. Ben Roethlisberger is a guy that puts up 500-yard passing games, 400-yard passing games. He dominates weeks for you. Drew Brees doesn't Drew do Brees those does, things? Drew Brees does that, too. Yeah, you know what? But Drew, Drew Brees, Brees, check out Drew seven Brees. Seven touchdown games yeah, last season? Drew Brees against the Giants, 511 yards, seven TDs, week eight. Holy crap. Seven TD game was 500 yards. He's he. I'm, you want to know what? I'm, I'm off the, the Drew Brees Kool-Aid. I'm believing in that the end is is near. And I'm believing that I don't love the weapons that he has there. I, I like the addition that. of Kobe Fleener. I, I think that the more that uh, Mark Ingram, if he becomes more so what he can be in that offense, that takes away from Drew Brees as well. So I just, I look at Drew and so I, Drew, I think that he'll, 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 he'll slide. I'm just, I have him as my number nine, you know, so I have, I have Roethlisberger two spots the ahead is, of him. We did this last season and everything pointed to, hey, maybe Ben Roethlisberger could take the next step. And, yeah, his paces were pretty good, but Drew Brees was still better uh, on a per-game basis. Drew Brees, you don't like his weapons, but are his weapons better this season than they were last season? If Drew Brees played 15 games last season, Drew Brees was an easy top-four quarterback. I mean, the, the things that Drew Brees, you know, the offensive line is better— that gives Drew Brees more time. They're not just going to suddenly change this offense. Yeah, we I thought mean, that might happen last year, and it didn't. And the thing that changed is Mark Ingram's ability to catch, catch the ball. Yeah, he's and okay. that helped Drew Brees. I know, but also Roethlisberger only played 12 games last year. He threw for over 300 yards in eight of them. Yeah. And Bro- that's why that Roethlisberger bums me out a little bit. He always gets kind of a nicked up and banged up. That's, so, the, that's, Brees, the, that's the problem. The one thing I'll say about Brees, and then I think we can move on. One, his strength schedule is pretty brutal. He's at 30. Uh, based on our strength schedule, I think he can overcome that. There's a lot of question marks at the talent uh, for him. Um, so th- those things worry me. But he is one guy that I've seen in mocks that we've done so far that is coming at a value. Other people are believing what we're believing, and he's sliding farther than ever. And really, that slide is unwarranted. And I think it's just people are thinking, ah, oh, he's old, he's, his talent's not around, they're not, they're not as good anymore. But... Uh, you know, one thing that helps this team out basically as well everything is, I said. is there, yeah, basically <laughs> all those things. But that's he's a, comes as a value, and let's be honest, that defense they might have gotten rid of Browner and some uh, some other items, but uh, they can't stop crap. So you basically got to pass your way into every game, and all that does is help Drew Brees. Um, should, anything else you guys got for uh, 
the Mr. Noodle Arm. I got no Verde. With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. <laughs> but going back to Roethlisberger a little bit, the thing that concerns me is Martavis Bryant. Six less fantasy points a game when he's out of the lineup. Like, that's just a hard thing to ignore. Yeah. And, you know, Antonio Brown is better with Martavis Bryant in the lineup. Le'Veon Bell was better with Martavis Bryant in the lineup. All these guys are so much better with that guy in the lineup. Who's going to take over even some of that sort of stretch-the-field capabilities and ability to, you know, do things in the red zone? I, I don't know if there's anybody as good at that combination of things I, I mean, as I, Martavis. I mean, there may not be, but, I mean, when he didn't have him in that uh, year before Martavis got there, he threw for a game for 406 yards and two touchdowns, another game for 400 yards and four touchdowns, another game for 367 yards and four touchdowns, another game for 349 yards and three touchdowns. So... He can do it. It's it's also how they're setting this offense up. This is is a explosive offense, and you know I I just think that they are not a team. Even though we 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 think about it with Le'Veon Bell, they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. There are games that Le'Veon Bell is getting 100 yards receiving. Well, there's a lot of people out there when I'm reading that think that Le'Veon Bell, if he can stay healthy, a big if, is a thousand thousand guy. So he can get a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. And with Martavis gone, they're they're going to need that. And we saw that explosion out of him. He's he's fleet. He's essentially a wide receiver uh, when, when he's flanked out to the uh, out wide. And I'll agree that you're going to lose if you're in leagues for long touchdowns. You lose that with Martavis gone. That, 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 there's no doubt that Martavis has an impact. Well, let's. So I think we kind of. Well, I used to have Roethlisberger as my five. I moved him down to seven. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving Breeze up. And I probably brought him down the most because I had him the lowest. I'm going to start moving. Houdini, you had him one higher than me. Dog and uh, Staggs, both had him at five, and Mo had him at seven. Breeze is moving up for me. Um, let's go to the next guy that I probably brought down as well. I'm just not that into this dude. Maybe I got to like go back and watch more and look deeper in with him. I don't know why I don't like this player so much. Uh, maybe I just need to... Raise him up in my ranks, but just know that he's not a guy that's going to be on my team. But Carson Palmer, so he's right now ranked as the seventh quarterback, and in, uh, in, in and in, he's also in tier two. Uh, Carson Palmer, obviously, he's got the weapons, but uh, why do you guys so in love with this guy, uh, especially uh, Staggs and Deeney? You, I guess, all you guys have him at six. I have him at thirteen. Oh my god! It's mostly the offense and how they like to take stretch. Stretch the ball down the field, take shots. You know, the we- three wide receivers there all can do it. You know, a running back or two who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, a great offensive line. You know, this offense is just meant to score points. And they did last season. He threw for a career-high 35 touchdown passes, uh, just 11 interceptions. Career-high 4,671 yards. At- Everything was just up around the board, and over the last two seasons he's actually played under Arians, you know, he's averaged nearly 18.5 fantasy points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's given you those sort of big weeks. He's not the guy who's going to give you maybe 35 fantasy points, but he's a guy who will give you 28. He's a guy who will give you 26. He's a guy you don't have to reach for in the draft. That too. That's yeah. the thing that's amazing about him. And Still, and, though? 
Yeah, I still. Starting I mean, I think him. we're higher on him. I think than, than probably we're right around in, in line. You gotta remember, he finishes the fifth quarterback overall. If, if he if know. he's being drafted though, even as like the seventh or eighth quarterback, that still means that he's going to be available in the sixth, seventh round. You're not going to have to to spend one of your early picks where you're going after your wide receivers and running backs and go, oh, I got to step up to get Carson Palmer. Yeah. But here's the other thing that I think is such a great benefit for him, where I think that he has probably one of the best floors out of this tier because if one of his receivers goes down, you have three guys that could all potentially be number one receivers in an offense Mm -hmm. with Floyd, Brown, and and Floyd. Yeah, Fitzgerald. Currently, Carson Palmer's being drafted as the ninth quarterback overall. Ninth? I mean, that's even better. 69th uh, overall player, so right there. What was Breeze? Breeze is the sixth quarterback at 58, and... Ben Roethlisberger is the fifth quarterback at 53. Um, we'll do everything we can. Can you describe it to me? It's about uh, two foot tall, um, long, slender neck. Yeah. Kind of orange and black bill. Anything else? Well, it's a swarm. <laughs> um, I, hey, I just want to give you a shout out. Uh, we like to tell you guys what beer we're drinking. And I got a Revolution Brewing, Brewing Company, Chicago's own. Uh, and I'm drinking the good old Crystal Hero India Pale Ale. Good I've stuff. I've never once heard of. Really? <laughs> I was looking at that can so confused. They just, they've got this and they got the Jukebox Hero. Um, it's a new regular beer that's all the time out. Um, and it's a full-time beer. This six-pack, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's especially because it's local. You figured local would be a little cheaper. This sixteen, this six-pack at my bodega, uh, a pumped and plume store, fifteen ninety-nine. Oh. Essentially, I could get a case of Miller Lite for the how much I got six of these things. It's a pretty great beer. It's not as good as my other Revolution one. I love Fist City. Better but, be good. Uh, but it's yes, yeah, beer is expensive. I got expensive taste in. Uh, Women and beer. Uh, come back to me, Olivia. Uh, but what we also got to do is I'm going to give a pyro promo right now. And, um, you well, know, I'll tell them what I'm drinking. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, hey. Hey, what the hell? I well, mean, there they go. I'm, I'm drinking uh, Hop Thesis. Uh, I do enjoy this Hop Thesis India Pale Ale, uh, uh, which tells you to be enlightened. And I feel enlightened from uh, uh, this beer from uh, Hop Thesis Beer Company in Monroe, Wisconsin. Nice, nice, good times. Um, Wisconsin's getting some good craft beers lately. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to um, Arcadia Brewing on mm-hmm. Sunday. I've never really had any of their beers, but I'm, uh, I'm, meeting, a, uh, I'm meeting a girl there for lunch. Uh, and we're going to go up to Kalamazoo from the old lake house. And uh, we're going to eat some soul food, I guess is what they cook there. Bar- right. Some nice barbecue and smoked smoke meats and, uh, and soul food. And I'm going to have some Arcadia beer. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of breweries everywhere. But let me do a pyro promo here. And, um, you know, we actually had a b- number of you guys after our last year. Question. Hook us oh, up and, um, and, and and go over to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review, you know. Give us a five-star rating and write a little write-up on why you like the show and um, what we're doing differently and whatever you feel like saying about it. It really helps us with um, our stature within the iTunes um, directory. You know, we're one of the few shows that does this week in and week out, full-time, full year, uh, year-round. So if you... 
haven't already, uh, go and give us a review. And as we've said before, we actually had a lot. Of, we had to purge a lot of our uh, reviews because our show somehow split into two on um, iTunes, and basically we had to delete one of them just because uh, some people were writing reviews on one show and some on others. So we essentially lost, I think, about 45 reviews there. So maybe one of those reviews, if you have done it, was yours. We're sorry about that, but we had to choose the one with less reviews. But help us out. It really helps us out um, by getting reviews there. And, uh, you know, we provide this service to you. So as uh, Pyromaniac Mo likes to say, you know, give back to the community and give back to us. So so, uh, good times. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. Give us five-star rating right up, and uh, we really appreciate it. If you're using any of the other um, outlets that we're on, such as a Stitcher or Spreaker, follow us there. If you're Android uh, users and you're not uh, into the iTunes thing, help us out there as well. Give us uh, Subscribe to us and give us reviews there. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so... Uh, next, we're going to get into uh, uh, the next guy in tier tier two, uh, but can I just raise one concern on Carson Palmer? Yeah, injury. Oh, like, of course, yeah. this guy might be one of the most likely players to get injury next year. I think Sports Injury Predictor had him as the most likely player in the NFL to get injured next year. So that that raises some concern. I. That's but why I got him at 13. If he was candy, he would be peanut brittle. <laughs> uh, toffee. So to- what's the exact opposite of peanut brittle in Eli Manning? Is that like taffy. hard candy? Taffy. No, taffy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. I guess Eli Manning, who is the our last guy, number QB8, um, in the last guy in Tier 2, Probably higher than he's ever been, but he is just a model of consistency, and you know you're going to get 16 games out of him. And he's got probably he's got the most electric wide receiver in the game, who I'm a little bit worried of. And I know we're just talking about quarterbacks, but when I hear that he's dating Khloe Kardashian and at Drake's pool party, which God damn it, I'm sorry, Drake, I, I I forgot to RSVP. Thanks for the invite, buddy. I just wasn't able to make it this year. I was really busy walking my dog. Yep, that was what I would have written in my RSVP letter. But thanks for the invite. We appreciate it. We know you love Pyro like we love you. But Khloe Kardashian, I mean, look what the Kardashians have done to Kanye West. That guy's nuts. Uh, look what he they, was a little nuts before. Look what they did to Bruce Jenner. <laughs> oh, my God. Now he's a friggin' man, a, a woman. So, uh, look what Scott Disick, I don't know what the hell that guy is, but these guys just shred through. Uh, Lamar Odom, oh my god, the last time, last time Chloe married a man in Lamar Odom, the guy turned into a crack addict that I think. I actually think I was at that Cadillac ranch that they found that Lamar Odom got picked out of. I don't know. I don't know if it was the exact one, but I know I've been to a couple of them over there. Good times. I just went. I heard they make great cocktails. Great mixologists. <laughs> they had great over. mixologists there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Eli. Um, I don't have much to say. Yeah, on he's, I mean, he's, he's really boring. The you know Ben McAdoo, former offensive coordinator, becomes the head coach. You know, if Coughlin was ever, you know, telling them to be maybe, you know, a little conservative, run the ball, you know, all the reins are off now. McAdoo will have a chance to unleash him if he wants to unleash him more, have a chance to pull back the reins if that's something they want to do. But with Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard added to the mix, you know, if 
you know, Victor Cruz ever gets healthy. Yeah, never mind. Dwayne Harris. <laughs> Dwayne Harris looked like a pretty good receiver for stretches there. Um, the, the running you know, back you know, situation that seems that's, like poop. The poop running back situation is poop. And that's the thing where it's like you're, you're sitting here with Rashad Jennings. You drafted Paul Perkins. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, but you're, it, it's a mishmash. You have a, Then you have... Um, Oh, oh God! What's the the plotter's name over there? The Andre Williams. Andre Williams. We don't need to talk about him. No, exactly. But this is my point. There's just no one there that's going to steal any thunder away. And and in this division now, um, you know, Eli's throwing the ball just a lot more. And McAdoo likes to throw the ball. He likes what he really likes to do is implement that screen game. And that's where Paul Perkins could play a big role for Eli and give him that that extra option on top of Shane Vereen so that you could actually have two running backs that you could put out on like into the flats on either side and you could let them go either way. So I think Eli Eli should be, be solid again this year. Absolutely. But so boring to have as your quarterback. Um all right, yeah, let's he go. won me a championship last year. Did he? Yeah. All right, amen, amen, I'll shut it. Even with that lackluster week 16? Uh, my playoffs go into the real playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, so how, one of, he, one, when one, he hasn't made the playoffs in five years, how did he help you? Well, because he I, got you there. They got me there. There's like a redraft the, every week. Well, no, you keep the players that you have, but I had the number one team, so I had the first pick in every uh, draft as well. So one of the weird. Let's not confuse You're our not listeners. Confuse our listeners. One, by far the mo- weirdest league of all time. <laughs> You're like talking to Houdini in the playoffs, and it's like, oh my god, he's going nuts. You're like, what's going on here? You DFS? You got the guys? Like, no, it's my championship. You're like, dudes. The AFC Championship. That's the best part of it. Yeah, I got a fantasy league role, boy that rolls to week 20. Wow. One interesting thing is if you take out the two games against Dallas last year, uh, Eli Manning averaged like 20 and a half fantasy points a game. Huh. Against the two games against Dallas, he scored 8.5 and 6.4 fantasy points. That's the one thing. Eli will still give you some clunkers. but Oh, yeah. He had four games under double digits last season. But he also had some monster games, too. So. Yep. Nice. Let's go on to tier number three. And, uh, in three is the magic number. number. Nice. A uh, little corner shop. I like it. Then um, we got tier number three at number nine. QB nine is Blake Bortles. Should I list them all out or do you want to just list them? I just about? have a general strategy question. Yeah. yeah. Are you locking you guys into getting a top two tier quarterback? Are you okay dipping into tier three as a starter? Maybe you go back up that way. And you go two guys to mix and match, or what? What's your feelings getting past the top two tiers? What, what, Can I go first. You go ahead. You guys know who my quarterback is. He's in this tier. I am <laughs> absolutely one hundred percent going to have Mister Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. You will, and I'm also be. Able, I'm also going to be going Romo as well, and I'm going to be streaming those guys. And Romo's in tier four below. He, he's heading up at QB fifteen. Those are the guys I'm going with. I'm taking the strategy this year that I'm not going high. I got I went high on luck last year. It kind of bit me in the ass. It was one of the first years that I was ever go, I, I kept him in a keeper league. Didn't lose too much because I had gotten good value from the year before. But in another league, I went pretty high on him, and he he he, he kind of blew up in my face. I think I took him with the first pick uh, of the third round, uh, Andrew Luck, and it's uh, it, it it came back to haunt me. There is so much frigging depth at this position yeah. that more than ever you can do the whole late round QB, the whole streaming of QBs. I always pick the wrong guy, but if Romo can stay healthy throughout the whole season, I think he's got the easiest strength to schedule, and I'm all in on Kirk Cousins playing on a one-year contract, play, making a shitload of money, more than he probably should be, but with that that talent and with the, the nucleus that's staying where it is and just the added great new pieces, 
Kirk Cousins and just knowing that he can be that explosion guy and what he was able to do in the playoffs last year. I'm all about getting Kirk Cousins. I'll reach for him. People will be like, "What is this guy doing?" And I'm just gonna know, I'm gonna start him, and he's gonna play a lot of weeks for me. I feel like he'll stay healthy, and I'm in. For me, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm not gonna have one of the top four quarterbacks. Uh, that that top tier is gonna be gone to me because I'm not going to reach for him. You're dead. What to me. what round will you take a top tier quarterback? It's round three. But, you know, okay. but so like, like like it happened in our mock draft where um, I was sitting at like pick number ten, and so it was as the third round pick was coming back. That's when I took Andrew Luck, and it was like, or it maybe even been the fourth round. Um, and I'm sitting there, it's like it, it's just it's got to be a matter of the amount of talent that's gone at the other positions, and I'm so far down into tears that this guy is just standing yeah. out there. It's again, I'm still going to draft the best player available. So, but. Intentional-wise, I'm not going to go in figuring that I'm going to get one of the top four. Um, normally, I really figure that I'm going to get one of these next four. But with the question marks that are surrounding all these guys, I'm not going to reach for any of them. Uh, the guy who I, I will, I'll probably end up with Eli. Uh, but then what will happen is the guy that you love in this tier, uh, is that there's another guy in this tier that I love that I'm going to have as well because his ADP is uh, still not come up to the point. Derek Carr. I will have Derek Carr as so if I if I end up with like Eli in like the eighth round and then I'm able to snag Derek Carr in the tenth round or eleventh round done yeah. or if I miss out on the Eli and I'm sitting there then I'm, what I'm going to probably do is then I'm waiting until probably like about round nine or ten where I basically have the rest of my roster or all my all my top end guys are already filled out and now I'm going to double dip and I'm going to double dip into this tier and take two of these guys or or. And my other favorite guy, Jameis Winston, who's not in this tier. But. Can I tell you about... double dip, dogs in the tub? Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Let me tell you about... I think one of my favorite pairings is like a Tyrod Taylor-Marcus Mariota mix. Just sh- shooting for the moon. I mean, things that could happen with those guys' rushing ability and, you know, just pretty decent weekly passing attempts. Uh, you know, if I'm playing in a standard league, those would be one of those guys that I like to match up. Or, or also probably end up with like an Eli and then go no backup. I think once you get into Tier 3, you should consider a backup. It's not a necessary thing. But, hey, you know, the waiver wire is going to be thin. Usually a lot, you know, you average do. leagues draft two quarterbacks, even though we tell you not to. <laughs> but, but don't you agree with my th- I'm all for I, I always I, do it. I, that's why my trade theory, every year. That's why my theory makes sense, though. If I'm going to wait to grab one of these guys, and I'm waiting until round 9 or 10 to grab a quarterback, why wouldn't you go back-to-back and just make sure that you are solid – at that quarterback position. Take the one guy that you think is your shoot-the-moon guy and then grab the next guy out of here. You may also be another shoot-the-moon guy or whatever because they're all... You want to take the guy who has the rising potential. And these are all starters here still. Well, let the tiers do the talking. If that's what your tiers tell you to do and there's two guys that are right there that you're kind of pining and you don't, can't really understand... You could take either guy and, and you know if you wait and don't take them back-to-back uh, picks or whatnot... You think they're not going to come, come back? back. That's but the then, whole then, then I think that makes sense. But if you think you can uh, go in and pl- pluck another position, and that guy's still going to well, come and back, you're right because for later. me, I know that I'll be able to pluck another. I'll pluck something else because my guy, who I have way higher than all of you guys, one of the guys that skews this whole chart off, is Mr. Jameis Winston, who even as high as I am on him, I couldn't only get him up to number uh, nineteen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where do you have Winston? Ten. Ten. I like it. See, I like it. You gotta love. You gotta love what you love. The only thing I'm worried about with him is just strength of schedule. Uh, but other than that, I love everything. I love I that love, Josh Norman's out of the division. Yep, I love that. I, I, I love. I love him as a player. I love watching him too. He's, he's one of those guys where I'd like to have on my team. So uh, I don't well, think he loves five rushing touchdowns that'll become like two. Yeah, I, I can. I can see that. Well, let's talk about this tier. Tier number three, and the top guy there is Blake Bortles. So uh, I think all of us think that he's probably going to have a little bit of uh, some regression. He should. Um, he's not going to throw 606 or whatever passing attempts that it was last year. Yeah, and he I might. Think- I think Ivory Ivory could, could eat into his touchdowns a little bit, but at the same time, this is a third overall pick from two years ago. Had an outstanding season in his sophomore uh, campaign. He's got unbelievable talents at the wideout and Hearns and uh, Robinson. Unreal. And you know what? Young, young talent. Do you know the what they're talking position. about right now? What are they calling him? They uh, Marquise Lee, who's like the highest draft pick of any of these friggin' wide receivers. He sucked, but they're saying he looks incredible right now in OTs, and they're calling him the wideout Bino or something. Yeah, Bino Warrior. Like, they're saying that he's Marquise Lee is the albino warrior. They're saying yeah. that he's looking real good right now. Where it's like everything's kind of coming together. I hear you, but if you add a guy, he was a top fifteen pick. I know. I know. So if you add that guy into the mix, it's like Jesus, Louises, that is the best. If he can play why I'm, really why good, so that's irked. the best receiving crew in the in the league. It could be it could be deadly, and I'm irked by it because I'm in all these dynasty leagues where we draft rookies, and I drafted Marquise Lee two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. Bigger, yeah, still got. Yeah. Still, still got <laughs> A little bitter. No, I think I dropped him last year because I had to draft another guys and I had to make room for him with like Kevin White's and Rashad Perriman. So. Yeah, I know. Mike might make him, but might might. But he'll be available. Ass. I'll be able to grab him for a buck in the auction. So, no. but but I love the fact that you have Julius Thomas, who is basically just like a forgotten guy in this offense. Yeah. And that's a guy who can do some damage. Is a touchdown, uh, a potential score that helps Blake Bortles out. But the the two Allens. Oh my God! And the fact that these guys are what. Three years into the league? I think they're both third entering, year. Both entering third, third, year. third yeah. year. So you have you don't even know what the top end potential is. And the fact that you have both of them with the quarterback all growing together at the same time, those are one of those things where you get those, wow, we have an amazing core here. you got to keep that core together because that continuity of what one guy does on the other side of the field to help the other guy out is, 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 is amazing. Ivory. Added to a mix where they went, uh, they had TJ uh, Yeldon, um, Ivory's added. Uh, you know, that's does that hurt Bortles? Is that going to help him in the long run? You seem to think he can throw the same amount of uh, uh, passes as he did last year. I'm not worried about pass attempts. I'm worried that he tied the league lead in uh, red zone passing and uh, red zone passing attempts. I'm worried about the fact that he threw 35 touchdowns, and quarterbacks who throw 35 touchdowns, you know, rarely repeat that number the second season. So he also a guy who turned it over more than anybody in the league last season. See, but I, and I get what you're saying with the 35 touchdown thing, but I think that we have to kind of take that with a grain of salt because the game has changed so much in the last four or five years. So has no one done it in the last four or five years? Okay, then maybe. But at the same time, we don't even have enough data yet to know if that's necessarily the case because. You go back to I just have re- recently history, yes. Well, no, but I, I look back. The, the game was different in 2010 than it was. Then it then it all changed in 2011 with all the crazy passing. So you were still you were still into more, you know, the traditional style rushing this, rushing that. Now it became a real spread offense, and everything changed. Defenses have taken a while to to, to catch up. 
Um, but now it's all coming back together. So, but it's still much more now has evolved into a passing league. I mean, we're, I mean, honestly, you're you're a sixty percent of the time passing league for the most part. Yeah, fifteen eight point nine. Um, the thing is, do you think that defense is better? Because Blake Bortles threw the most. I do. This is my most. thing. I think Jacksonville's defense has improved. Now, how much improved? I don't know. The thing is, you think they're improved? He threw the most passes in the league while trailing last season. He was just a point-chasing quarterback. All those numbers are gone if the defense is even a little bit better. Right, and a lot of those are garbage yards at the end of a game when you're throwing in the last 100 yards, uh, you know, when the defense is playing lax and have their backups in. They should be better. Uh, Fowler's going to be back this year. They're saying that, you know, they got Jack, a guy that was supposedly going to be a uh, or uh, uh, top twelve pick, it was, they got him in the second round. And Ramsey, they're saying it's going to be fine. They're saying he's going to be playing the, the day one. So uh, the defense should be a lot better because they've, they've got a lot of top tier, top highly recruited talent that they've been drafted over the past couple of years. They do, but at the same time, what Stags is saying is a hundred percent correct because if they do stay in games, or if they, you cannot count when we talk about these other quarterbacks where you're counting on the on the those floors, the floor. Could drop out for a guy like Bortles if they are close in games and they are leaning on the rush and they're not getting all those late garbage yards. And, and, and it's a different type of adversity that he's facing at being a guy that's playing in close games versus a guy that's playing in games that are basically already decided. So there's, too many, there's a lot of question marks around him. Well, let's go. Uh, before we go to the next guy who we're going to talk about, who's the, um, the Oakland Raiders quarterback, let's, uh, let's have a little, uh, a little um, peace. All right, Derek Carr. We're getting in there. Um, I was this guy's biggest uh, backer last year. I'm a big Raiders fan. Here's all I'm going to say: He could outdo anybody. Everyone, you know, the sky's the limit for the guy. Everyone's really high on the Raiders and what they're going to be able to achieve. Something tells me that they're still a year or two away. I remember when uh, right after Calvin Johnson came in, and then they and they had Stafford and Calvin. There was just this momentum that was building up for the Lions, and there was always everyone's like, "Oh, the Lions are going to be so awesome, awesome!" Now. And it was always like it took that next year. It took that. I, I feel like the Raiders are going to be that team, no matter how great their defense is and how great their youth um, is. There's something for me that I'm tempering my expectations for that team, for that offense. Uh, for Derek Carr, for the weapons around him, and um, I, I'm just not going to be. I, th- I feel like a lot of their players uh, at every skill position are going to be going uh, pretty high. Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to stay away a little bit, especially when we're looking at ADPs of where you know um, Murray's going and where how high Amari Cooper's going. So I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about Derek Carr and my ranking of him. Um, I guess I'm in the same zone as you, Stags, in the same zone as Mo and. Uh, and then uh, Dogmatica, uh, you got him the highest. You got him at eight, Deeney. Yeah, I, I just believe in what Oakland is doing right now, and, I, and I'm seeing the thing for me that I think makes it also a difference is that here's a guy in uh, in Carr who had um, you know a, a horrible defense for the most part. You know, a defense that just doesn't. Didn't really do much. Now you bring in Bruce Irvin. Uh, you, you, you keep adding to this defense, and I think that they are going to help bring things closer. Now here's a guy that threw basically 600 pass attempts his first season, 575 basically his second season. And I, I look at Carr, though, just being the fact that 
you listen to this guy talk. You, you hear the way that he uh, commands himself, the way that, that the, the, the teammates around him respond to him. And you see how he took his game from a level of his rookie year, throwing for like 3,200 yards and then throwing for 3,900 yards, throwing from 21 touchdowns to 32 touchdowns. 32 touchdowns in your second year? That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And to have, you know, the, the weapons of Amari Cooper, to have a, a Michael Crabtree, to have a Clive Walford, who apparently this knee injury with the ATV is not as serious. Um, you have guys there that are, are going to be able to help him out. You do have a dynamite running back in Latavius Murray who didn't step up to the way that we thought he was going to, to the play last year, but he has still the potential to this year with a better quarterback. It goes there. And a guy that if you can just get him in a screen pass, he can help Derek Carr out with a tremendous amount of uh, damage in the passing game. Here's the thing. I feel like me and you disagree on one basic thing. You think when a defense gets better, it helps the quarterback. I completely disagree. I think that usually the numbers say that run-pass splits increase You know, the closer the game is. They run the ball more. You know, the closer it is, that takes away pass attempts. And that gives more Latavius Murray than it does Derek Carr. You think they get the ball back faster, and then that gives them more chances to throw. So that's just one fundamental thing we agree well, on, like disagree on. But it's not 100, I don't, I don't 100% ascribe to, the, ascribe to that rule. It's, it depends on the offense. So, like, when I look at um, the, the Jaguars, here's a team that added to their running attack. They added to their defense as well as their running attack. So I think that's a double combination that's going to end up hurting Blake Bortles. So did the same thing. Uh, The major additions to their running game? DeAndre Washington. A fifth-round draft pick? Okay, okay, great. Um, Is that going to be... That's a third-round draft pick in 2010 NFL, if we're going back to that. Well, but we're not not there. And the other thing is that what he's going to add is is maybe going to be more in the receiving game. Yeah. So that helps Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, you know. Just so you think he can give you QB8 numbers. And that that's just the thing I have a problem seeing. Like, I do. I think, you know. When you throw for 32 touchdowns and 3,900 yards and you're progressing up, why can't I project then that I think you're going to go up for 4,200 yards and 35 touchdowns? You do that, you're in Eli Manning area, and, yes, you're quarterback eight. I just think that's hopeful. I might I mean, be. I might be. I might be. Uh, there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to draft him as high. He's a guy who's going, you know, pick 109. It, it, I'll just tell you this. It'll happen. With the power of Grayskull. He's the guy who's going with pick 107 in drafts as the 13th quarterback selected. So I just think he's going to finish around where he's drafted. I don't know that he's a guy who can give you giant surplus value. I just think he's a guy who's right there, right in his range of where he should be. Um, he's the question is they built up on this defense. I, I do agree that it's a year away, but this offensive line is one of the best units in football. Uh, they added pieces and they should all come together, you know. But they're also with that offensive line coming together, they're talking about how they want to lead the league in rushing next year. Yeah. Those are their goals. They want to be a more balanced team, and I think that hey, Derek Carr throwing off play action looked great. So that's one thing he's got going for him. Uh, you know, to Amari Cooper. But are them. we going to believe everything that everyone says and tells us what they want to do? I mean, sure, which what you want to do. I think I like the fact that you're high. You're you're in on a guy. You feel like the progression in, in his game is going to happen. 
Um, I'm worried about a strength of schedule. I'm worried about that they're a year away. But I, I'm all for it. We've said it before. If you believe in something, you know, hold your and have conviction that something's going to happen. Go all in. You're not always going to be right. But there is the, the upside. It, 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 there's no reason why he can't explode and have a huge game. Um, so if you believe that, that's that's freaking awesome. And I'm I'm all for I'm all for uh, holding your guns and and, and going in. Um, I like the guy. I like the player as a player. I like the team as an up-and-coming team. I want to see what they do this year. Right now, there's a lot of unknowns to me. Uh, and when you talk about Murray, Murray finished as a you know running back ten uh, last year. If I had him on my team, and he's like, he just didn't. It didn't I, feel I, like a running back I, ten. No, I know, I know. And I'm going to tell you the same thing felt with Amari Cooper. Everyone's like, oh, it was great. Thank you for telling me to grab him because I was so high on him last year. I had him on my team, and I guess I just. Expected even more from from him, but I was just kind of like it didn't feel like you were getting a great season out of him because he gave you all the big games early. Yeah, and but I even feel- then, just the aggregate, you yep. know, wasn't to your expectations. Yeah, and when you go on a guy who who you're high on, yeah, you're yeah. going to be the one who's most disappointed by. It. I understand. I, I understand. I mean, yeah. but, but that's one thing you have to realize when you go high on a guy. Well, you but it, but, but this is also lose. one of those Absolutely. things that where you also have to realize when you are going to step out on a guy, and where I'm stepping out on Derek Carr, does that mean that when all the seven quarterbacks that I have listed ahead of him are gone on my draft board, that I'm going to grab Derek Carr with my next draft pick? No, I still know what the yeah, actual yeah. value is, but I'm going to say I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be smiling pretty when it's like one of those ones that I'm getting a guy that I have ranked this much higher than all these other guys. This is the guy who I want. But I'm going to get him where I where I should get him. Cool. I can see him. One th- one last thing about him is being a guy. Whether no matter how what kind of season he has, in in kind of the vein of what Stags is saying, wanting to run. Some days when the running game's really going, I could see Derek Carr being kind of ghostly and you being like, uh, God damn it. Because I could see some weeks the floor <laughs> being being a little uh, low. Let's go on to the next guy, Super Mariota and a Val Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? <laughs> point, point Break, so, obviously. Point Break and don't remake the movie. Oh, they did. Idiots! <laughs> so, How'd that work out for you? Not very well on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that, Total Recall, every other movie from my childhood. Keep remaking them and I'll keep not going to see them. What if they remade Debbie Does Dallas? Well, I mean, hey, I want to see Shaved Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Super Mariota. Uh, Marcus, uh, I think Stag Party, uh, he was his favorite, but Stag Party, eh, I guess I'm the lowest on him. Um, and you got, I'm, I'm throwing off tears all over the place for quarterbacks. Uh, and that's just the way I roll. Well, no, but that's, we're, we're all kind of yeah. all over the board here. That's why, that's why I said these next ten are, are so interesting. Well, the next ten are pretty much all. You can almost lump them into the same tier. Yeah, they they all yeah. have some question marks, but they all have you know thing. If one thing goes right for them, they could be easily a top ten quarterback, and that's like quarterback nine through eighteen. Um, but Marcus Mariota, you know, they've just got so many weapons. Doesn't matter which weapon you like. You know, you could like Rashard Matthews. You could like Tajay Sharp, who they're talking about today, is you know potentially being a starter for them. You could like Doriel Green Beckham. You could like Delaney Walker. You could like Demarco Murray out of the backfield. They've just got so many different guys. You don't know how it's going to fall for the rest of the team. That means draft the quarterback. 
If he's got a plethora of weapons, he can also run, and that gives him that safe weekly floor. You know, is he going to be more than, you know, potentially Russell Wilson running the ball? Probably not. But, but he's a guy who's got who's faster than Marcus or uh, who's faster than Russell Wilson. So maybe he averages, you know, a couple more yards a carry. And scores a couple touchdowns next season on the run. I'll give you the the flip side of the advantage that he has over the guys who I was talking about and the and the Derek Carr and Blake Bortles. Yes, the Tennessee defense is getting better, but they're still not good. So they're going to be playing from behind probably in a lot of their games, which gives him also those garbage yards at the end. So those all matter in fantasy. He's a guy who had four games with three plus passing touchdowns. So he's a guy who's got that sort of explosion factor to his game. He could also run the ball, but they didn't really, you know, lit that off the shelf except for basically one, one game, game last yeah. season. So if he just gets five carries a game, you know, ha- ends up with 80 yard or 80 carries on the season, you know, that's going to be like 400 mm-hmm. 400 yards for you. You're going to be pretty happy if he Do scores. You- Sorry to interrupt, but I think they don't want him to be a running quarterback. I think that when it really sits, uh, set, sets himself up and when the opportunity is really there, sure, pull it in and take off. But for the reasons why we were talking about with Luck before, we've seen what happened with RG3. It's just it's not worth it at where they took this guy, number two overall, the franchise quarterback. They went out and got the, a running back then they, uh, in DeMarco, and then they drafted uh, Derrick Henry, who a lot of people think might supplant DeMarco Murray some point during the season. I know you don't believe that, and you think he's overrated and not that great, but I think they're going to be very, very careful not trying to let Marcus... Feel like he should be a running guy, well, and, and even if that takes him out of his element in the sweet spot from what he's doing at Oregon, uh, just it's too much of a risk. Because if this guy fucking goes down and gets hurt, I don't even know the, who the backup. Zach is. Bettenberger. Nope. They oh, they got rid of him. Yeah, they released, released him. him. Uh, it's it's not a good it's not a good look. So the team is totally effed if he's gone. And um, so I don't know. I, I feel but you like know what? Here's the best maybe part. I'm wrong, but I feel like they're gonna be like. You're not wrong. They're going to put the harness on this guy. He proved last year, everyone was questioning, can he be a competent, accurate passer? He completed 62.2% of his passes. So when we're talking about all these other quarterbacks that are under 60, here's a guy that when this was supposed to be one of the biggest knocks on him, showed that no, it's not. So yes, he can. And he seems like the kind of guy that's working through the and watching enough game and working on his game. He's going to improve from how he had to kind of relearn the, his game and his approach and his style as a quarterback from college to the to the NFL. Where now he knows what he's doing. Now he knows where. Now he. I mean, one one thing that's a little tough is that you know it is a new a new staff. You know, Weisenhunt's gone, uh, but um, but he had that staff had, for ten had, games had, last season. Yeah. Here's the thing. The running quarterback thing, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a running quarterback. No, I, I know I'm saying were. he's going to be Alex Smith, mm-hmm. maybe, at the top end. But he's going to average better yards per carry than Alex Smith does, and he might score a couple more touchdowns. And the things he's able to do with just being accurate with the ball, and they've got loads of weapons. Could he, he doesn't even – the thing is his legs give him such an advantage over these other guys in this tier that in regular leagues he's going to end up – he should end up as an easy top ten quarterback. Could end up in the top seven. Stag party, you have the best legs in all of your fantasy football leagues too. 
Let's move on, unless you got anything great to talk about him. Let's move on, because we got to move a little faster. No shock here. Wow, we're going slow? Yeah, no way. Well, over an hour and 15 minutes for yeah. 15 quarterbacks? It's okay. Oh, no, we haven't even gotten to number no, 15 yet. Not there. It's okay. Eventually, <laughs> we'll get to quarterbacks that you don't want to draft, and it'll go faster. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and then the next position, tight ends. All right, let's go to Joe Flacco, the man that probably isn't even going to play this preseason. Um, is is high, you know the situation. He's got the quarterback whisper. Got a lot of talent there uh, at the position. Uh, you know, you just don't don't really know. He's got a long ball. He's got a, there's a lot to like with Joe Flacco. I'm super high on him, but he's gonna be coming down for me. Just I'm the highest. I got him at nine, but I I promise you, in my tears version four, he'll be coming down just because he's not. Purely cleared from his injury last year, and that that's worrisome. It's not something that's going to affect his game too much once he's healthy and and all the way back. But right now, I didn't realize he's as injured still as as, as he was. So or ACL, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough one. It's a rough deal. So Flacco, Flacco, Flacco. Uh, what else are you guys thinking? Well, why other, Why do you like or dislike him? You got to like him just for the fact that okay, second year in the Tressman offense, you're going to have Prashad Perriman, who he didn't have as the, as the field stretcher last year, and Mike Wall, and they added another field stretcher in Mike Wall. So now he actually has weapons to throw to. So when he's able to do things with what was it, Kamar Aiken and uh, Chris Givens, um, so now you're going to actually have some some real uh, potential real threats. You have always had out of him the pension for throwing huge games, but also throwing you donuts. Yeah. And I still think that you're you're going to have some games that are going to be are going to be blah. I mean, just let's 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 be realistic. But instead of it being one or two of these big games, I think now with this offense, you're going to have the potential for him to have four, five, six big games. So if he makes that switch, all of a sudden that just turns everything over. And if he goes from, instead of throwing these 179 games, his basement becomes 230, 240 yards and a touchdown. Well, now you can live with him. His yeah. basement becomes a garden apartment. Do you, <laughs> is, he, is he a home? I forget. We always talk about doggos. He's a homer, right? Yeah. So he plays much better at home than he does on the road. Something to consider with him. Um, what, do you, what do you got, Stag Party, on him? Averaged like 275 yards passing a game last season. You know, even without those weapons. That's pretty good. You know, two pass catching backs now and Javorius Allen and Kevin Dixon. And Dixon might be more explosive than Allen in the receiving game. You know, buttloads of tight ends. Dennis Pitta, you know, making a return and saying he's looked as good as ever. People hyping him up. Like, I love, I loved reading Ben I, Watson coming over. Yeah. I loved reading, uh, what, the quote I saw from Harbaugh this week is like, he looked like Dennis Pitt. I'm like, so it looked like his hip came out of uh, out of its socket when he went for his first route. <laughs> Did you hear that they got penalized too for running padded uh, sessions? Really? Yeah. I don't know if it was padded sessions or if it was sessions in which they hit pads. No, but they were supposedly in pads. Yeah. So and they got penalized. Uh, what was full it? week of OTAs. Full week of OTAs. The way the NFL is during these off seasons compared to the good old days when you had guys like Sayers and Dick Buckus, the only pads that the, these guys are wearing these days are sanitary pads. Maxie. Let's move on. A san- I love when I can get a sanitary pad joke in. All right, right before, well, we, go talk, to, right before just, we go to your bloodletting of Kirk Cousins. Can we just, can we just, oh, come on. I'm, 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 I broke my cherry last year with that guy. Let's just mention Joe Flacco's ADP of QB 25. So 
He's the guy who's going to provide you value. Yeah. If, you, if you're looking for a pretty safe, you know, pick around, you you won't even have to draft him QB twelve. You might have to draft him QB twenty, and it'll still provide you value. He's going to have big games. The weapons are all there. The offensive system's there. I think they threw the second most pass attempts combined over all their quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Um, yeah. Best long ball. One guy we haven't even mentioned who didn't retire. Hopefully he's ha- healthy and back. But look, last year it looked like he had drank out of the fountain of youth before. Stevie Fists is still going to be there and to, 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 to bring that consistency. Kamar Aiken, hyper underrated. The fact that with Fisk going, uh, Stevie Fisk going down last year, um, he got a lot of play and a lot of runs, so he learned. So he's a he's a competent player, and I like what I see of him. He reminds me a bit of, a, of an Anquan Bolden uh, before he split that team and uh, went over to the Niners. So lots to love. I, got, I took Flacco in my... Um, on my Merkin Mopers team, uh, and I got him as my second quarterback. I think I got him in like round 14, 15, or something, something like that. Uh, 14. So, like you say, the value is there. If you want to just get a, a a backup guy that has that upside, and if everything falls into place, could 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 be uh, the steal of the draft. Why not? You're not going to have to overpay for him. So let's go to the next quarterback. And it, I'm not going to say much because you guys know, yeah, I like that baby. I like it a lot. Kirk Cousins, what do you guys, you guys can talk about him for a minute. And then let's move on to the next one. I'm all in. I've got Kirk Cousins ranked as, yes, my fourth QB. I know that's crazy when you look at Stag Party's got him at 17. Dog and Houdini have got him at 15. And Moe's got him at 16. Yes. I might be a little high on the guy, but a uh, little uh, high. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, you, you, you can don't make it go home. Yeah, so, you know, I, I look, and I don't have. That doesn't mean I have to pick him that high. That's the thing the I best, love. No, about. the best part I'm about be it is him in the eighth, I ninth still, round. I still think that when I have him ranked at number fifteen, I pre- I probably have him higher than most people have him ranked. I agree. So you know, I like the weapons. I like the Sean Jackson. I like the added Josh Doxson. I love Jordan Reed. Um, you have uh, Matt Jones, who also has explosion ability as well. So, yeah, the, you know, the potential's there. It's just, it's not a guy that you're ever going to draft that's ever going to excite you. I mean, even then, he's a guy who completed nearly 70% of his passes last year. You know, is that number repeatable? That's tough. Basically a 3-to-1 touchdown ratio. His average yards per attempt was up there at like 7.8. The stretch he had down the end of the season really boosted his value, ending up at quarterback nine. The offensive line might not be that great, but if they want to focus on the run game with Matt Jones, that's a different thing. Their run game was pretty much putrid last season, so if Matt Jones is even a little bit better, that's going to take away from him a little bit. I just don't know if he has that number I can finish QB for. I can throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns type of potential. I mean, it, six touchdowns might si- might not sound like a big, you know, jump, but in the grand scheme of things, it sort of is. Yeah. A, a lot of the numbers that you just mentioned are those numbers that you guys mentioned is the things you like about guys. And I'm just gonna be honest. I know that I've got him too high, and I'm not thinking. I'm not trying to get you to four. But if he finished ninth last year, and, and it wasn't even really his job week one, don't. 
but you guys have them 17th. I feel like you're kind of maybe the way that I've done it with other players myself. It's normal. It's a tendency that uh, experts do no matter what. I feel like you guys are kind of hating on them a little bit. Hard to believe. It's called, it's called the Pythagorean Theorem. That after a player is great one year and has been awful before in his career, usually snaps back to a midpoint. So I'm expecting regression, and the team is not going to win the division again. I, I don't believe that. He's calling your Kirk Cousins Jim Miller. <laughs> You're being a Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> Val Verde. Any question? Hey. Yes. Is it true that there is a place in a man's head that if you shoot it, it will blow up? And also, he averaged 1.8 yards per carry, but scored five rushing touchdowns. Is, is there a world that we think Kirk Cousins rushes for five rushing touchdowns again? Tommy Bardell. <laughs> I don't know. I agree. I agree with that. No, I don't think it should happen. But when watching the game, it did seem like, for some whatever reason, it did seem like when he first read Jordan Jordan Reed uh, was covered, he's like, "Screw it! No one thinks I'm running. I'm getting in here." And he just kind of used that against him. But uh, you know, now that he's done it before, maybe teams have to scheme for that and understand that this. This slow white dude will 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 grab it and run. Um, I don't know. I just like I like I like the progression on that team. We, I don't need to talk about it more. We don't need to talk about it more. I personally think while a lot of people are super high on the Raiders and what they're going to be able to do for fantasy football, I am really high on the Washington Redskins, and I think that they are going to be a power in numbers team for fantasy football uh, next year. And uh, could be wrong. But they got a lot of talent, and maybe they're a year away from it as well. But I like what I'm going to see, and I like what I'm thinking with those guys. And the last thing I'll say, um, just in general, um, with them, nice strength of schedule, kind of across the board um, for that team yep. at, at every position. So good times. And, again, I'm, like a lot of people, loving Reed, dude. I love a, that tandem of, of Cousins and Jordan Reed. Um Real special. So let's move on to the last guy. God, this how is this guy so low? Is it just because of the uh, Deflate Gate? Deflate Gate. I mean, this guy ended up number two last year when we thought he was going to be out, and he slipped down in drafts and beat Deflate Gate. But Tom Brady, the he might, number two, he might beat it again. See, remember, Tom Brady was number four for us last year, our last version of the draft kit. Yeah. So it's it's it, people are moving him down because of that. Uh, but again, I said the first time we talked about the deflate gate and the fact that this this court case is still happening, something that's cost, I think I was reading, it cost the Players Association something like $9 million. It's cost, uh, it's cost the, the uh, Patriots a million dollars besides losing draft picks. Besides, I mean, it's cost the league. It's cost a taxpayer. Like, just... Move on. I hate it when you keep trying anything, not just in any sport, in anything. When you keep going back and trying it and raising it and going federal, it's like it's a waste of people's money. Just that you should be able to be able to do a court case once and move on. To me, Tom Brady should easily be at the top of this tier. So no matter what, if you draft Tom Brady, draft a quarterback. If you draft early, it, you know if the court that gives you a chance to maybe get a Flacco or get a Mariota or get a Tyrod Taylor, get one of these guys to pair with Tom Brady, and then you put Tom Brady in, and he's gonna your aggregate is gonna be QB four. So what is the point of drafting Tom Brady at QB fourteen? He should be much higher in our tiers. I agree. I agree. And I've got I love Tom Brady. 
More than anybody. I've got him at eight. Yeah, you've got him Even with the four-game suspension. Because I know for the first four weeks, when QB situations are the most clear, that I can find four different or one of the same guys to stream and get decent enough production that when I get Tom Brady back, my QB at the value is going to be so much better than... I don't know, Joe Flacco or Kirk Cousins. It's friggin' Tom friggin' Brady. The guy is, uh, he's... What? It's nice not having Dogmatic here. The best of all time. Nah, he's the (laughs) The best. The weapons are all better. Yeah. I mean... Your favorite guy, uh, Lewis, is still going to be more, bring more out of the passing game from the running back position. So, we don't need to talk at nauseum about Tom Brady. Let's see what happens with that case. But I agree with you. There's not one player in this tier ahead of him. Even if my uh, tiers say, I mean, Cousins, I, I would draft higher than him. But other the other guys, I'm you would, taking... You're literally going to sit and tell me if Tom Brady is on the board ahead of Kirk Cousins and you're in the eighth round that you wouldn't go Tom Brady over Kirk Cousins. Let's see. Let me get closer. <laughs> I, right now, yes. I would say that. But this would be one of my guys that maybe what Houdini was talking about earlier, where maybe I would be getting Tom Brady the next round. But right now, I'd draft Tom change. Brady before Kirk Cousins and then hope Kirk comes back. <laughs> maybe, and maybe that's the case. It's early. This is why it's beautiful. It's June 1st. This yep. is our third version of our, our tiers. We've already got three versions of our draft kit. I'll do a quick pyro promo now to, uh, to, to kind of discuss that. We, we released, uh, end of last week, our version 3 of our Pyro uh, Fantasy Football Draft Kit. The thing is a uh, weapon of mass destruction. Literally, like, uh, the rest of your league mates are going to be crying uh, war war crimes against uh, Fantasy Football Humanity on this one. Pick it up. It's 20 bucks. You get ver- if you if you buy it this week, you'll pick up version three. You'll automatically get version four, version five, version six. Uh, we do a version all the way up to um, the first week of September. So I think that the math there would say there's four more versions coming out. Stag party doing doing his uh, blowing his head out. But Stop this it. thing is awesome. 23 <laughs> tabs. Uh, great work on the pros and cons for the la- for the latest one. Stag party. Uh, just awesome, awesome piece. Good job on those uh, sleepers and busts. We change those up every round. It's not like we're just kind of changing one thing and here and here. We do our collective tiers. We uh, update our strength of schedule. It's just better and better and better based on the more recent news. And you just can't get that out of buying a magazine off the shelf when all those things are done by probably... You know, late April, uh, early May, they get they have to get it to print. They have to get it distributed. It just it, they just aren't going to be able to uh, fantasy football index and some of these other uh, USA Today's draft kits that you get as magazines. Just not going to be as good. So if you use our draft kit, pick it up. It is a badass, and I'm telling you, people are buying them like crazy. And if you're listening and you're one of the people that's picked it up and and just said, you know what, I got a hunch about how awesome this draft kit is. I guarantee you, you are happy with what you seen. There's endless hours and hours and hours of fantasy football di- uh, goo to digest. And as we've always said, and we're talking about collective tiers in the show, use that information. Compartmentalize it. Use your own kind of soul and your heart and players you love and create your tiers. And all you need to do, I don't even want you to bring our draft kit into your draft. I want you to bring an 8.5 by 11 or a 11 by 17 sheet of paper or some taped together paper that has your your tiers, 
for quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, uh, wide receivers, kickers, uh, defenses, if you do rookie leagues, all that sort of stuff. That's all you need to do. Use this information, put it to your tiers, refine your tiers, do it all offseason, do mock drafts, update your tiers, and when you go into that draft, you're going to kill it. Draft kit is ridiculous. Awesome work to all the pyros that did so much uh, on it, and thank you to all you people that are buying it. Hope you're enjoying it. And to back up D-Rex's point here, what he's talking about is having the one sheet with all of the tiers on there so you get the global view. You don't have to, to search through, oh, let me switch to another page so I can check the rankings for this one or this one. No. You see everything. So you know when you can see the value from one tier to the next, from one position to the yeah. next, exactly where all the values in the draft are, and it allows you to cherry pick and just dominate your drafts. And you know you're on the clock. Some clocks, some people have a minute, some people have five minutes, some people get ten minutes to be on the clock. What you want to be wading through and reading new information like, oh, I'm, it's between this tight end, uh, it's between Ertz for me and Delaney Walker. Who, what's, what, were this, what was Ertz's stats last year versus Delaney? Who had more catches? You're going to do that while you're on the clock? No, do that beforehand. Let that information be on your tiers. Ask yourself while you're doing your rankings and your tiers, as we've been going through on this show, would I, on the clock, with a gun to my head, take Ertz or, or Delaney Walker? Who, which guy am I going to take? And if you do mock drafts, if you are always refining your tiers, if you check out our draft kit and use other sources out there, follow the news, follow all the good stuff like preseason and the games that happen in, uh, in preseason, and you're just sitting there and always tweaking it, man, I'm just telling you, you are going to come out of the way that I do, the way that a lot of our Pyro listeners do, and the way that the two guys that I'm in the room with right now, you're going to walk out of the draft the badass. And everyone's going to be like, oh, man, you really, you really killed it this year. I know that when I walked out of my one oldest league last year, everyone in my league is like, holy crap, Noonan, that team is ridiculous. I had to do some work in season, but I won that championship. It's not like it was already done because injuries happen. And on that team, it was on that team. I had uh, Le'Veon Bell and Des Bryant as my two first picks, and I still got the championship. So just remember, tears, tears, tears. Pick up our draft kit, Pyro promo. You'll love it. All right, let's get into tier number four. Houdini, you got something you want to say? Yeah, about, about actually this next two tiers. So we got eight quarterbacks in these next two tiers. This is what's amazing. So we go deep to 21 quarterbacks here where you legitimately are getting solid players at this level, guys that were top 10 quarterback draft picks in years past. So let's just run it down. Tony Romo, we're in tier four, 15 through 18. Tony Romo, Andy Dalton, Philip Rivers. Those three right there, and Tyrod Taylor. But those first three right there are guys that you just basically know what you're going to get. You know that you have great potential when healthy. You have great potential when all their weapons are healthy. And all have finished top five at the position in fantasy football in given season. And Holy crap. And all are very proficient quarterbacks. What happened? Holy crap. How low are you on Tyrod Taylor? Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty low on him to be honest. That's why I'm pretty low. Say, 27 I, low. Yeah, I'm pretty low on him. <laughs> uh, they just Sammy Watkins is is hurt. They, he doesn't throw enough at all. I, I'm I'm not really a fan. I think he'll maybe he'll go up the more and more I watch. But that to me that's the deepest running back situation there is. I just don't really like him that much this year at all. Now and I'm in the middle because I'm at 17 with him where he comes in at 18. And you and Mo uh, 
the the pyro uh, podcast light originators are loving him at number eleven. So explain the the high end love. I also have the love for Sammy Watkins, but I don't have that much love for Tyrod Taylor. Well, let's just say you finished eighth in fantasy points per game ahead of guys like uh, Andy Dalton, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Eli Manning. Uh, his run game is he's a top end rushing quarterback who has a chance to potentially. You know, duplicate those numbers, have 120 rush attempts, rush for six, 600 yards, score four or five touchdowns, and that's going to give you a pretty safe weekly floor. And then what he was able to do throwing the ball is 20 touchdowns and six interceptions. He's a guy who took care of the football, was one of the best in the league at taking care of the football. And then towards the ends of the season, he started flinging it to Sammy Watkins. But and then you- his numbers, you know, even took another step up. So do you worry, though, about the regression? We talk about regression. Here's a guy that had been around the league for a long time, now finally got his opportunity. He had the amazing way of taking care of the football last year, but is that repeatable? Six interceptions? No, I don't think six interceptions is because he did that in 14 games. But is he a guy who could be 10 to 12 interceptions? Even if it was seven on a season. Is he, I mean, yeah, George no, should be even close if to he's double. In, even if he's in 10 to 12 range, that's still upper echelon of quarterbacks. When we're talking about QB 27, we're talking about guys like that. Andrew Luck finished quarterback 28 last year and played in seven games. <laughs> no, no I, I get it. And here's the thing. I, I think you made the point. When you look at the Tony Romo's, the Dalton, the Rivers, the Matt Ryans, the Matthew Staffords, these guys don't run. So you're never going to get any of those opportunities. And when they have a bad game... You have just a bad game. I mean, you're not scoring hardly any fantasy points with 180 yards, probably no touchdowns and one interception on a bad day or whatever, or or worse. Yeah, I mean, he's just got such a safe weekly floor because of that rushing, and he's going to score touchdowns, and he's a guy who's going to have six, seven attempts in a game and average, you know, five, six yards an attempt, and that gives you a safe four-point floor, that then he's going to throw on top of that he's going to give you 150 passing yards and a touchdown and that's a conservative game right yeah I'm a little worried about the coaching staff there. I'm worried about his situation. I'm worried about Sammy Watkins always being hurt. I'm worried about him hurt getting hurt because he runs this way. Is he a little low right now? Possibly. Did I move him down a lot because of the Sammy Watkins? I'm like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be banged up again. Yeah. Am I a little worried he's gonna get injured? Sure. Uh, but here's here's the one thing here's the one thing I'll say is I am a guy that wants the pocket passer. I've never been someone that really loves drafting the quarterback. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, exactly. You're the guy who loves Colin Kaepernick. And I'm the guy who loves the pocket passer. What ha- you scared me there with that. That guy. That was Kaepernick. Yeah, but I, to be honest, I didn't really love him because of that. Eh, maybe I did. But he burned me, so maybe that's another. The, the one time that I did love that, it kind of busted me up a little bit. And I actually was pretty high on RG3 Young uh, as well. But you're you also are someone that also loves that third down back, and I'm not that kind of guy as well. So you love those extra points, and it's smart. You love being able to find even those three, four points per week that add up through the running aspect. And I, I, I like more of a traditional, this guy brings this element, and it's just a different mindset. There's no right, there's no wrong. Uh, we craft our teams in different ways. I can see him moving up. I want to see what's going on with that team. I want to see how they're using it. And all that good stuff. So, um, but even if this is the run heaviest team in the league, that helps Tyrod Taylor. 
because he they ran so much zone read and he was just able to fly around the corner mm-hmm. because LaShawn McCoy took the whole defense with him and there was nobody there to touch him and he was just running out of bounds. Well, let's talk about the guy, the first guy in that tier, Tony Romo, who I'm the highest on. And again, if he gets hurt, it's all out the window, but I can't be too worried. I'm not going to worry so much about that. I've got to feel like he's been able to do it before and have long seasons and, uh, and play through. Uh, and I think just the weapons and, the, and he's got the easiest strength schedule. I have Tony Romo as my sixth ranked quarterback. Does that mean I'm going to take him above a lot of the guys who are going to go? No. I'm going to wait, and I'm going to still get that value. But I'm just, I just think Tony Romo, if he gets those 16 games, and I think serendipitously it's going to be this year, I like a Romo. I'm super high on him. I probably moved him by, I, I know I moved him by having him ranked sixth when you have him at 16. You have him at 19, Houdini. Dog has him at 18, and Mo has him at 14. So I'm obviously tipping the scale there. I have no injury concerns when it comes to Tony Romo. My concern with Tony Romo is his best career season would have been quarterback 12. Why am I suddenly going to elevate him into being a back? That was last year. So if he slotted it in his best career season in the last year, that's QB 12. His best finish Which was ever. That, was is, that 2007? Yeah, his best finish ever <laughs> is QB 8. Like, how do I suddenly think, you know, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to help the run game? And this is a team, when DeMarco Murray was healthy and fluctuating, that threw the second most pass attempts in the NFL. Well, and they are a team that... Or second least pass attempts in the NFL. I I agree. So when you look at at these guys, that's why I I look at these guys as a group. You got Romo, who I think will give you some big games, this, that, and the other thing will give you a decent floor, but at the same time... I'm, I'm, I'm with everything that you're saying. Andy Dalton is a guy, you just gave away, you got rid of Mar- Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, and you're expecting uh, Tyler Boyd, a rookie, to come in and all of a sudden fill that gap. Um, I have a feeling a lot of that is going to put pressure on A.J. Green. That could be, it could be a, a, where A.J. is getting a ton of production, but I don't know that, that Andy Dalton's getting a ton of production. Especially when Eifert's uh, on the shelf for the next three months yep. with an injury. It's 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 a little scary there for sure. Trump. I think we're Trump. also discounting what Andy Dalton was able to do last season a yeah. little bit though. Because remember, twenty five touchdowns and seven interceptions. No, I know, but and he, that's with Sanu dropping. He's always been a competent quarterback, so you're going to give him that. But is, is he going to give you three hundred and fifty yard passing games? No. Uh, he did it like five times last season. He was excellent. He last was season. excellent. He was excellent. That's he why was, I have him. He high. was the number third three quarterback when he went down at the time of his injury. Yep. So and, I, and he's also got an awesome strength of schedule. All right, this I'll year. take. I'll bite it. the bullet on that one. The he, offensive he line awesome is good. AJ Green's a top flight weapon. The run game has both a you know true one two punch. I, I get it. I, I mean, get it. Expectations for uh, Boyd are enormous, and obviously we got to get you got to get Eifert back playing and getting some time and getting some rhythm going heading into the season because uh, I think we all agree that he's got to do more than just catch touchdowns. He's going to have to really be a big part of the yardage and the passing attack. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I think Dalton is just a really sees he's become a good quarterback. So I've got a lot of faith in him. I've got in the highest at 11, but let's move on. Well, that's what I'm You're right, You're all right these there. Guys are safe. Those all these guys are safe is what I'm saying. They're all safe, yeah. They've all, got, okay. they've all got decent safety nets, but they've also got a little bit of drawbacks, and that's why they're a little bit ranked further down. Phillip Rivers. 
Let's talk about him quickly, and then let's move on. Uh, we already talked about Tyrod. Then let's move on to tier number five, and we'll breeze through tier number five and six, and then I think we can move over to tight ends if you, if you guys uh, agree or don't agree. And if you want to keep on checking out our deeper tiers, guys, at the quarterback, guess what? Buy the friggin' draft kit. Or Pyro Pro. Or Pyro Pro, and you can get them on your uh, on the player rankings tab. Right now our Pyro Pro um, player rankings tab goes up to 10 at each position during the offseason. In season, I believe we'll be probably doing it, so you'll be able to see for free the top five guys at each position. If you're a Pyro Pro member, you get to see all the rankings, and uh, it's pretty badass. And it's like having all-day Valverde's. What did you think was happening? Not this. It's Frank. He's appointing himself judge, jury, and executioner. He's not judge, jury, and executioner. He is. <laughs> judge, Judy. What do we got as far as a uh, movie? Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. The second uh, movie in the... Um, what, what's it? What's Simon that? Pegg. Simon Pegg and... Um, uh, the fat guy. I forget. Uh, <laughs> is it like Angry Lizard or something? No, no, no. That's that's that's, that's uh, Eddie Broken Lizard. lizard. That's, that's Broken, Broken lizard. lizard. Broken Lizard. And that's that's Super Troopers and the other stuff. So this was uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, to the end end of the world uh, was like the what, what's like the it's like the the, the like the drumstick in America, but it's in uh, uh, I, I don't know. You know, don't, you know the drumstick. Uh, don't know it. You know uh, ice cream cone, ice cream cone drumstick thing. Good humor. The, Whatever, no, it's called a drumstick. It's you know. I, know, I have no idea what you're talking. about. Anyway, so there's an ice cream cone that the, the similarity between all these three movies is someone's eating the same type of ice cream cone in each of the three movies. Okay, that's the connection between how them, the and that's how they become. That? It's and that's the trilogy of the movies. Wow, that's crazy. I like Simon Pegg. He's uh, he's pretty hilarious. Uh, the music that you heard at the beginning is Pavement. Uh, essentially, the first. Uh, hipster band ever. Um, God, that band is awesome. Inspired a lot of music that came after it. Pavement, check them out. Uh, the first song that we heard was uh, Loretta Scars, and uh, we're going to close out with Here, and uh, I might play Zurich Estain. All three of those songs are off of Pavement's first album called Slanted and Enchanted. In any top 100 um uh, album type of uh, review, whether it's Rolling Stone, whether it's Pitchfork, whether it's whoever, uh, Consequence of Sound, any of them are going to have Slanted and Chanted in the top 25. It is a seminal, very, very inspiring, unbelievable, ground, unbelievably groundbreaking album. So, Pavement, awesome band. Well, probably the only cool thing that's ever come out of Stockton, California. Uh, no offense if you're from Stockton, California. Uh, Actually, you want to know who else is from Stockton, California? Is Diaz, the guy who smoked McGregor. So mm. he's a smart guy. Let's go on to this next uh, this next tier and uh, and, and Philip Rivers. I mean, let's just not, Rivers. What do we got to talk about? I have nothing he, to he did, say. He did great. He was doing great. I think he was. I'm pretty sure that he was number one ranked quarterback last year. Uh, before maybe number two uh, before Allen went down. Um, so something to consider there. He does it. He's always got these moments throughout the season where he's just absolutely groundbreaking. They air the ball out. They don't. And, and look, microfracture surgery for Melvin Gordon. So there's still questions surrounding the running game there. 
And even Melvin Gordon's best attribute last season was catching the football. Yeah, and Woodhead, Woodhead is a great catcher yep. as well. You've got uh, John, Stevie Johnson's a good compliment down there. They just added Travis Benjamin. Who knows what that can bring to the table, an elusive uh, deep field stretcher. And uh, you've obviously got uh, Antonio Gates, who's still... Uh, and a rookie in Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henry. And he had eight games with over 20 fantasy points last season. Is that... Jeez, yeah. yeah. He's a, he, and this is a guy Move that's always... <laughs> that's one of the guys that's always under, undervalued. I never want him. Well, Houdini doesn't want him because Houdini's had him on one team for, for, for his dynasty. Years? For like 14 years. 2004. He's finally, he's, finally, yeah, he's finally sick of him. So there's a little bit of a... There's a little bit of a... I'm sick of this guy probably. Yeah, wow. Mo and Dog got him at number nine. I think he's... Top 12 fringe guy. He's finished top 12 each the last three years, and he gets Wizen Hunt back, and that was his sort of research. He wears a bolo tie. I mean, I got to give it to him. I mean, and a lot of times, I just worry about him because if he starts out the season hot, trade him high. If he starts out the season like crap, trade for him low. Um, all right, let's move on to the next tier, and this is headed. This is led by Houdini's boy, tier five, sitting at number 19. Jameis the Crab Winston. Yeah, I mean, I'm high on Winston. I don't know why everyone is so low on the guy. Strength of schedule for me, that's well, it. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I, I get it, but at the same time, was that strength of schedule also before the, the Josh Norman two games moves away from him? You know, he's got good weapons. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Vincent Jackson. You have Austin Safarian Jenkins. You have three trees to throw the ball to. <laughs> you have you have Doug Martin who is is coming back to solidify that game, the, the the running game. With Charles Sims, you have guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. I get it that there is going to be a regression from his six rushing touchdowns on 210 yards. I'm not an idiot. But at the same time, there is also going to be an increase in his passing touchdowns of 22. You know, this is a guy who, with the weapons that he has, should be a 28 to 32 touchdown guy. And if he could throw for 4,000 yards as a rookie, why couldn't I imagine him throwing for 4,400 yards? And 200 yards is not hard to duplicate. And he's lost weight and he's getting in better shape and he might actually run the ball a little bit more. So I, I, I look at him as just like a guy who truly gets it. You know what? I was so turned off on him from all the stuff that we had heard and that we started to hear him in interviews when he was coming out last year. It's like, I just fell in love with the guy. And, and you know what? He has not proven to be that Johnny Menzel type. It's like he has been the model citizen. So he's working on his game, and I'm I'm work, I'm I'm buying it, and I'm going with him. The one who else loved him? Lovey Smith loved him. See ya. Back um, to Illinois. Let's move. Let's move on to Matt Ryan. Wow, Matt Ryan is ranked as in tier five in the middle of this spot. It's a twentieth. QB. That shows you the depth that's happening there. Lack of weapons probably happening. Uh, I don't need. We don't need to talk about him that much. But Matt Ryan's, you know, he's, it, it, it is sort of a surprising it's, to see him as the twentieth. It's QB. not really though now because now that we've become such a different league where it's like a lot more of these dual quarterbacks. Uh, the guys and we have more more quarterbacks rushing for four hundred yards. So these Matt Ryan's and Matthew Stafford's, if they're only throwing. For 3,800, 4,100 yards, yeah. you know, they don't hold a candle to these guys who are rushing for an extra 300, 400, and giving you an extra three or four touchdowns on the ground. And 
they're scoring more points. So on a weekly basis, and they're not getting the, the, the horrible donut dog games that you're getting out of some of these Matt Ryan and Stafford and, and Tannehill's and some of these other guys type of starts. And Tannehill's the guy that's an interesting guy too just because he was a runner. <laughs> but he had no success last year. But One thing that I want to mention is that God, Philip Rivers threw the ball 662 times. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's the sixth. Yeah, he's fourth or fifth. With, he's over. He's throwing over 600. He had 40. He, he had basically 4,600 yards last year. Just the TDs, and that's the thing that we are always talking about with Julio. If Julio can just throw up one of those 15 yard, 15 TD seasons that he's capable of. Then Ryan. But you know, do you remember? I don't know if the combo of Ryan and Julio was capable. No, because when Matt Matt Ryan was doing it, when was he doing it? He was doing it with Tony Gonzalez, Roddy White, and Julio Jones. Yeah, that was why. But even then, he was only at the twenty-eight to thirty-two. You're right. I mean, in in today's NFL, you know, five years ago, that used to be QB seven. Now that's QB 14. And him if and he throws at his career average rate of touchdowns last season, he still only finishes as QB 14. That's the point. The, him and Matthew Stafford are these guys that everyone was just expecting to take that, that extra step and become these elite quarterbacks. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. You know, Everyone wanted Jake Culler to be that quarterback. And just, you no, know, you either are or you're not. And so these other guys that aren't, if you don't have that other aspect to your game, this is where you're going to fall in the tears. You look at the, you look at his stats with those four thousand five hundred ninety one yards, twenty one TDs, and the fact that he finished the season with two hundred and thirty one point nine points. That is ridiculous. And the guys that were around him, like uh, you know the Daltons, who was injured a lot, and uh, the guy beneath him, Color, they're throwing for like significantly less yardage, and right there with them, there's just something wrong with uh, Matt Ryan. So let's let's move on. But again. He's going to be available at the end of your draft, and you're going to be able to get some value out of that guy. If, lo and behold, this they can pull it all together in Season 2 of this uh, this new regime, who knows? Uh, unlikely, but value's there. The ever fired two guns once jumping through the air? No. The ever fired one gun once jumping through the air? No. Ever been in high-speed pursuit? Yes, I have. The ever fired a gun once in high-speed pursuit? No. What the hell was that? So like a music video of the that was crazy. Well, it's 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 all from the movie, so it's like you know if they have audio background or music background in the in the in the uh, movie, you're going to hear the music background. Oh, I like it. And like the other it. problem that you have is that they're English accents, so a lot of times you have to listen to those over and over again until you get into the English accent mode. Like I'll never forget the first time I, I saw a Monty Python movie. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what are these guys? And saying? then by the third time I watched it, I go, oh my god, this is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Oh, to have that kind of time. Let's go on to Matthew Stafford, 21st ranked QB, end of tier 5. I think I'm probably the highest on him. Um, Stafford, yeah, I, I've 14. I've moved him up a little bit. 14. I just think that uh, they're going to – they have no shot. Even their running – all their running backs are catching running backs. They have no shot unless this guy's winging it around. He's got a great strength to schedule. Do I like Stafford? I don't even think I've ever. I think maybe one year I've ever owned him. But uh, at the end of the day, I think I think he's going to outperform his ADP. I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, I I can see worse than having him. Uh, I think the, a lot of people have been burned over the last three seasons. So where, you're not as concerned about the Calvin Johnson loss. 
I mean, that's I a mean, I big am, loss. I, I mean, am, Marlon Jones doesn't bring all that much to the table. I am, but not 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 a, not not that much. You look <laughs> at you look at Megatron's stats over the last three years. They're not that awesome since maybe the last two since he had that amazing almost two thousand yard season. He's awesome. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I just I, I just I just think that you know. This is a team that that seemed like they were an air it out team. Do all these different all, all this crazy stuff, and Jim Caldwell takes over after Schwartz, and all of a sudden it's just changed. And it's, it feels like they put some clamps on this offense. It feels like guys just really just aren't able to you know whether it's like freelance at certain points in times or whatever. It's just it seems very stagnant. Let's roll through this uh, unless you got something to say. Let's roll through the tier number uh, six real quickly. Let me These, just get Stafford. Okay, do a Stafford, and then let's roll through them quickly, and then we got to move to tight end because we're at two hours. Add to it our ads, and uh, there we go. There we go. We got to oh. we got we to rock through the we'll tight ends. We'll be quick today. It's only quarterbacks and tight ends. Imagine that. So he, we got start. We started winding. His fantasy stats with without Calvin Johnson virtually the same. He attempts more passes without Calvin Johnson in the lineup. Uh, this is a team that's going to you know basically run through Matthew Stafford no matter what we say. Uh, Marvin Jones is the second best receiver or third best receiver that he's ever had. He's at least going to be the second best wide receiver too that he's ever had alongside Golden Tate. You know he's no Golden Tate. Golden Tate's going to be legit this year. Listen, I agree with that. But also, Stafford, if you think about what he did under Jim Bob Cooter uh, and projected to over a full season, he would have thrown for 4,600 yards, 44 touchdowns, and three interceptions. I want to say that that's four podcasts in a row that you have said. Jim Bob Cooter. He likes it. You do love the GBC. He's always liked getting talking about Cooter. JBC. That's, that's all JBC. I got. I love, and that, that's a lot to have. So, I agree. Stafford... It, it's it's him or nothing, and and um, we all love Cooter. So hopefully Stafford can do it again. And again, he's going to come at value. This is a guy that people have been overdrafting for six years, and he's burned a lot of owners. Where he's going to finally come down to earth and become a value, and you're going to be able to steal him in those teens uh, the, when honestly you never were able to do that before. Mostly because Calvin Johnson was his weapon. You're like, oh, he's going to get all his scum. So, uh, we'll see. Let's go on quickly and just let's breeze through this tier six. Uh, and then um, and then move on to the tight end. So, Ryan Tannehill is at 22. Jay Cutler at 23. Alex Smith at 24. And 25 rounded out as an unsigned, at this point, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I got nothing to say on him, I think, other than Ryan Tannehill, the first guy. You gotta love the Landry. You hope that um, you hope that Parker, Devonts Parker, can stay healthy. They're talking about using him in a myriad of different ways, even the slot. Uh, if his foot injuries are, are are a thing of the past, I'm really high on him. As I said last week on the show, and um, you know they got they, 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 just with Gase there. I'm believing in Gase. It's, I'll it's, believe in Gase, and I'll also believe in the fact that. Um, you don't have Lamar Miller there anymore, so now you're going to put more onus on being a passing team, and you don't have Mike Wallace there. So I think what they've done in a lot of these moves is also going to be so much more beneficial from Tannehill. You've gotten rid of the older, cancers, cancerous, horrible people that just ruin your locker room. Um, and Except for your owner. Well, you, know, you can't deal with that. That's, that's, you, you, and they added, they added a tonsil. 
Yeah, and that's going to help <laughs> immensely as well. He's probably not a cancer. No, he just you know stone. what though, but he's he's a guy who has a lot to prove. So, and having that guy on the offensive line to protect you is a great thing. Great so, thing. I look at Tannehill as a guy that um, and his strength of schedule last year was ridiculously hard. It's a lot better this year. Um, so. You know, and everyone's down on him. You don't have to pay up at all to go to Tannehill. Post-hype sleeper. Uh, Tannehill should probably belong in that tier before with the other guys. He's just closer to yeah. that level. He's probably the last guy. If I had to get a starter and I waited for fucking ever, Tannehill's the last guy I might like be okay going into a week with. Um, these next couple guys, I, you know, their shots in the dark, weekly matchup plays. You couldn't start them every week, you know. My big fear with him, I'm in a lot of uh, long touchdown, uh, heavy yardage type of leagues. And uh, while he did actually have a lot of uh, passing yards last year, um, Tannehill had uh, 4,200 on 24 TDs. But he just doesn't have a good long ball. So dud games, too. Just duds. Yeah. Hopefully he can pull it together. And I think the team is basically going to Gase and be like, stretch the limits. If we're not a championship team right now, we're giving you a little bit of a window to figure it out. But I, we need to figure out if this guy's the guy and make it happen. If he falls flat on his face, we need to know now, not in two years. So I think they're taking off the uh, the white gloves and the, the kitty gloves. And it's like, Tannehill, are you an elite? Are you a starting quarterback that's going to be able to bring this franchise where we want to go? Uh, I think they'll give him every chance to prove it or lose it. Are we, uh, are we good with the dude's quarterbacks? Yep. Are we done? Are we going to move? I got one last thing to say on quarterbacks. Stay back! Or the ginger nuts gets it! <laughs> Why are you going to kill Andy Dalton, man? What's wrong with the ginger nuts? Seriously. I feel so bad that the word ginger is becoming so, such a regular part of the vernacular. If you, For all you redheads out there, I'm never going to use that word. Uh, if I do, it's because I had way too many Valverde's. Uh, but it's just such a—it's gotta be so hurtful. <laughs> you are—you are a closet ginger racist. I—I I am not. Uh, but here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna move over. Ever dated ginger? Yeah. It's hmm. a good question. <laughs> Whoa. I've, I've had date, date or had. Those are two different things. Uh, but be seen with in public. What, what? What do you think? <laughs> what? What's better? Would they? Would you? Is fire crotch or ginger a worse term? Uh, I don't know. I would, I'm asking. I'm not I saying. Would say, I'm I would asking. say fire crotch. I'm on team fire crotch. Cause I, what if what if the person's uh, has red hair but is shaved down below? Can you call them fire crotch? Yeah, they're still fire crotch. I mean, you know, if just, it was, it's just it's fire underground. Uh, that's why when on my Merkin Moper team, the 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 my uh, Merkin two uh, private area toupee was a red was red hair. Just so you know, I didn't really tell you about that in that podcast when we did the mock. Tight ends. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Let's, but let's not talk about this stuff because we're getting Valverde'd up, and I can't believe two hours of just QBs. QBs an important position, scores a lot of points. All right, we're about to move over to the tight ends, but before we do, tight ends, more depth, just like quarterbacks than ever. So many, so many players sitting there as uh, compared to years past that uh, really let's just get right into it and talk about the reason that I don't think that a Rob Gronkowski is as valuable. And no matter, even the people I respect so much 
and the people I listen to on shows and the people's advice in our contemporaries in the fantasy football uh, world are still just so in and be like, that's why Gronkowski's worth the first round. I don't buy it. I'm not in. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Gronkowski, there's so much value there at tight end. Why am I going to take that guy at the first round when I literally think that I can get a great scoring tight end that's going to score 40, 30, 40 points over a season less nine rounds later? Well, and this is what happens. I mean, you have guys like Eifert last year who was, what, tight end 14 or 16? Yep. And ends up scoring a ton of points. You have guys like that are always undervalued, like a Danny Woodhead at the running back position and a Delaney Walker in the tight end position who, who tends to fall in drafts. You have a Gary Barnage who came out of nowhere last year. You have Zach Miller for the Bears who actually showed up a little bit for a period of time. You, you know, there are... I just don't see why you would jump to the first round for Rob Gronkowski. I understand how great Rob Gronkowski is. I understand how much separation Rob Gronkowski has from all the other tight ends. But it is problematic if Peyton, or if uh, Peyton, I'm sorry, sorry, Dogmatic. It's not Peyton Manning. It's Tom Brady is out for four games. That does hurt a Rob Gronkowski. No. Really? No chance. No chance that you, well, you can say no chance that he's going to miss the four games. But no, no chance that it matters for Rob Gronkowski. They're going to feed him the ball. If you if you have a matters. rookie quarterback, it can matters. I say? Can I say? Let me go back to your first point. The separation. Everyone's like the separation between Gronkowski and the next guy. It's not that much. Twenty-five points in standard leagues. Twenty-five. But Gary Barnage, Reed, who uh, missed a couple games, who was also uh, not highly. Drafted it was only last thirty year. points. I mean, but Gronk missed a game too. He did miss a game. It's just not that much. It's not first round worthy that much. When you see in the mock drafts I'm doing right now that you're able to, and it's still high, still high to go on him. And to be honest, I think I overreached and probably could have waited and got him in the fourth. But I'd much rather have a Jordan Reed in the fourth than a Rob Gronkowski at the end of the first. Here's one question I want to do. Just because we're not going to be able to talk, we're going to be talking about a lot of the high guys. And and before you guys go into Gronkowski. Let's do a little sleeper talk here. Who who's this year's? Last year last year I called it Eifert out of nowhere. Eifert was going to be the guy that was going to surprise. It happened. Each of you guys, we're all reading a lot of these sites. We're seeing who is this year's Eifert? Who's the guy that you're going to be able to get for friggin' peanuts that just has that chance to be that Barnage, to be that Eifert? I know who yours is and I won't take him. Mine's Austin Safarian Jenkins. I'm 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 buying in on this James. If I'm buying in on Jameis Winston as being the number ten quarterback, part of that is from the growth that ASJ is going to give him. That six foot six six foot seven inch uh, potential to score touchdowns. Yep. I I'm buying in on this, and I'm also buying in on the fact that they have a great balance in their offense, and they're going. He's never going to be the guy that's going to be any much targeted because Mike Evans is going to get the attention. Doug Martin's going to get the attention. He's the third at best person that's going to get attention from defenses. So I love what he brings to the table. My guy would be probably, I've got probably two, Eric Ebron later. And then like right in the middle, you know, tight end 10 to 15, which is a pretty similar range to Eifert last season. I think his ADP ended up at tight end 12. That'd be Ladarius Green. Just what he should be able to do in the offense, what's missing from that offense and potentially how he was underutilized, his splits without you know Antonio Gates, they, they all show me good things. So that's what I'm going with. And Ebron, Ebron's my best bet to get at least an uptick in 
40 targets from the Calvin Johnson retirement. So those are my two guys. Seven career touchdowns for Ladarius Green. And five of them have came without Antonio Gates in the lineup in six games? Seven career touchdowns in four years. That guy, I think you're putting a lot on, lot on him. Not saying that he can't, he's got a lot of potential, but that he just has never, ever done it. So I well, just don't know. Except if he's without it. Antonio Gates. But here's what worries me. I don't Didn't care really about that. But the worries about me is that he goes from having games with 70 yards to zero yards. And there was so much of that throughout his career. It's the inconsistency. We talk about what's so important with these guys is consistency. Now, again, this is a breakout-type candidate. He's in a perfect situation being in Pittsburgh, taking over the Heath Miller role. And, again, I, I think I mentioned it when we were talking in the last podcast. I just worry about him and his ability to be tough. And he's going to have to be Pittsburgh tough, and I, we'll see. Because Roethlisberger is not going to keep going back to you if you're going to be dropping balls or doing, doing you know, not blocking for him either. I hope, I hope honestly, for his sake, and I think he could be great if they do this, he's almost used more like um, Bryant. Like, just split him out and let him run. And let him be the guy that's going out. If that happens, great. But if he's doing button hooks, I don't think he's got the body or the, the, the hands to be able to catch it. But, obviously, and what's his ADP? Is he? Are people loving him, or is he still under the radar? He's still right about tight end 10. Tight end 10? All right. My guy that people are talking about uh, and, and I'm kind of liking are two dudes, and that's uh, Jay Samaro. Uh, I think that he could show up and, and do something great for uh, the Jets. Obviously, it helps a lot if uh, it's Magic's back, but even if it's Geno Smith, um, I like Jay Samaro coming back, uh, and, and, and this is a guy that's got kind of the body. He's got the skill set. He's got a lot of the, 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 the t- intangible, the tangibles, and intangibles that can make uh, him great, kind of like an Ebron. So, again, he isn't done jack squat in the league, but he could. Another dude that I'm kind of uh, digging and, and thinking that could be uh, a really utilized, almost uh, hopefully in the ways that Ertz was in his big games, is Vance McDonald. So, I like Vance McDonald and think that he could, uh, for the 49ers, um, maybe come around and, and, and while he is probably drafted more as a, a blocker or when they had Vernon Davis was kind of uh, thought of as this other kind of element, I think with Chip Kelly, uh, he could get a lot of opportunities to put up some fantasy points. My old guy was uh, obviously our, our boy is um, Clive Walford, but right now with that gash in his knee and whatnot, I'm a little worried. All right, I just want to put that out because we might not get too deep into this, and um, I like having throwing out some sleepers that I want people to keep an eye on that could be this year's uh, Eifert and could 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 really blow up. So Gronkowski, you got anything else on him? Yeah, last year he would have finished as uh, wide receiver nine, so that's sort of the range I like taking him is you know middle of second round. Uh, that's when you get your real value. Is then you know his things over the thing. Uh, over the rest of the tight ends, basically, that's the difference between A.J. Green and Jarvis Landry. See, but you, know, you make a great point, though, because that's the problem. <laughs> Everyone always discusses him as a first-round pick. And and with all, with all these mocks where he goes there, people will always draft him there. And unfortunately, where you really need to draft him to get the real value is middle to, 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 to the second half of the second round. So... That's that's the only quandary I have. I, I'm not denying his talent. I'm not denying what he brings to the table. I'm just denying that if I have to spend a first round pick on him, I'm overreaching. I I agree with that. But basically, 
if you're drafting him as wide receiver 9, mm-hmm. wide receiver 10, you're doing it right because that's the amount of points he scores. Right. Uh, and remember, this is a points-based game where it's not points versus this position. It's not a head-to-head baseball category where you have to score more points than their tight end. And he's also safer than whoever the number 9 wide receiver is because what he brings to the table that the number 9 wide receiver who... Last year was Calvin Johnson's nine touchdowns. There you go. His touchdowns. Gronk is always good for almost nearly a touchdown a game. So, there you go. Moving on to the next tier, it's a tier of Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, and Travis Kilth, Tyler Eifert, and Travis Kelsey. Um, We talked probably at nauseum on Jordan Reed. All right, we can pass him by. But the things you like about Jordan Reed is he's heavily targeted. But things we don't know is can he replicate what he did in the red zone last season after not being a great touchdown scorer before in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just his numbers in the red zone were insane. Niles Paul being back from that ACL injury, you know, bulked up. Does that take away anything from him? They've added Vernon Davis. Do you. all these other guys, do all these wide receivers now you're, healthy? You're missing one key point. He also got paid. Got paid. That's, that's one of those scarier moments, right? Because here's a guy who had dealt with injuries, right, was was considered fragile. When he's out there, he's great. He doesn't block, but, you know, wow, he's like a wide receiver when he's out there. You paid him. Well, these are the scary seasons, and this is where it's like he's – and I understand that D-Rex, that you have a lot of love for Jordan Reed, and, and this, but it's like I worry that when a guy gets paid, something happens, I'm going to take it easy. I'm not worried about the money. I'm worried about the injury. Been saying since we've been doing this podcast that he's one one concussion away from being one serious concussion away from being out of the league. So I I can't not I can't underestimate that. But I also know that his seasons before he didn't even with RG three he didn't have a Kirk Cousins that's obviously heavily enamored by him. I think he's grown into the position, and he's elite. I think, I, I don't know. He is. You know what? And I'll tell you what, based on the way that we have it, these guys ranked, we actually need to take this tier and split it in half. Because really what it should be, is should be Rob Gronkowski, tier one, Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, tier two, and then uh, Eifert and Kelsey should be in their own tier. I'm pretty sure that's how I have my tiers. I might have even, I, I think I actually have, no, I've got Jordan Reed in, in tier one, and then I, I think I, maybe Olsen as well. Regardless, I guess you got to keep Gronkowski there, but things are changing. I can see, I can see after this year, your boy Kelsey, if things go right, I can see Kelsey being right there with Gronk, nipping at his heels. If Jordan Reed can stay healthy, I can see him right at, uh, nipping right at Gronk. I think Gronkowski's great season and his ceiling has been hit. He's still the best. He's still awesome. He's on a team. He's invaluable. But what we haven't seen the best from Kelsey yet. We haven't seen the best from uh, Jordan Reed yet. Olsen, or Eifert either. Uh, probably Eifert. I'm just worried right now that he's hurt. Um, yeah, you may not uh, see it this year. It might be next year. <laughs> and, and maybe and Eifert, if I was going to say... If, if there is a guy that could be a one-hit wonder and got himself a kind of... I don't know about that. No, he's, I, I think he's a great he's player. Talent. He's a great player, but if, if there's a player that could be a one-hit one hit wonder, I do, I, I do think it could be him just because he's always got injuries. But... Stop this, please. Never stop this mindless violence. Nicholas, my son. 
You may not be a man of God, but surely you're a man of peace. I may not be a man of God, Reverend, but I know right and I know wrong. And I have the good grace to know which is which. Oh, fuck off, grasshopper. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! That's the best part. Is it's 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 actually he's a priest who's is out there. He's like, he's like, surely you believe in peace? And he has like guns in his arms, and he's like, he's like, and he gets shot, and he says, I don't think stag parties is hot to see hot fuss. I've already seen it. A you, bunch have, times, but you like it? I much prefer you go desperado on somebody with a guitar case. <laughs> nice, that's a good one. Um, Tell me, uh, Punisher? No, desperado. that's that, that's. Well, Desperado is one of those uh, Rodriguez films. Uh, the one well, I didn't the, see that one. What was, what what? Was, well, Desperado is number two, but what was the original one uh, with the guitar El guy? El Mariachi. It, yeah, El Mariachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's with Banderas. Okay. He's like the killer. He's like the, got the guitar. Well, that, that was the killer in The Punisher. If you ever saw The Punisher, there was a guy who came after him who was like playing a song yeah. for him. He's like, oh, da, da. Okay. Well, one killer. thing I'll say this, last thing. If you haven't watched the Daredevil uh, series on Netflix, got to check it out. Punisher did is on series season two. Punisher now is they're doing their own Punisher. He's getting uh, his own se- his own series. And let me just stuff. say this: if you haven't seen the actual original Punisher movie, which was the Thomas the Jane, Thomas Jane, pretty, pretty mediocre. But what was great about it was watching John Travolta get just butt fucked up the ass throughout the last thirty minutes of that movie. That was great. <laughs> he probably liked. It I don't the, like John Travolta, and so he it. liked it the most. That's why he's like, yeah. oh, I'm getting I'm getting anally nailed the whole movie. I'm in. Yeah, I, I'll pay you for this role. I'm free. By the power of Grayskull. All right, let's get on to uh, Greg Olson. We good? Yep. Yeah. Tier Greg two. Olson. Olson. I got nothing to say. He's your boy. I love no him. I have nothing to say. I've talked about him right. all the time. How can you not love him? Now he's got Kelvin Benjamin back. That's going to potentially hurt him a little bit eat as far as touch, touch and into his touchdown total too. That's, that's you can't eat into his touchdown total of seven when his career high is seven and he might score six which is his career average. And he's one of these guys that no matter how great he is he still comes at the right value. He, he gets drafted in the right And he gives right you a lot spot. of yards and he gives you a thousand yard seasons. I, I don't know if he's likely to get a thousand yards again. I season. think he'll give you at least 900. So yeah. No, I mean, no, but at least 900. I mean, you're not going to be one of these guys that's falling down where Kelsey, where uh, where Eifert did it all for you in touchdowns. What did he give you, like 571 yards or whatever last year? You're not going to have that type of a That ball. almost seems high. It might be. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I, let's go to Eifert right 615. now. 615. Let's go to Eifert right now. 615, 13 touchdowns last 13 year. 13 touchdowns. That's crazy. It was like two touchdowns. Like Pretty much all of those coming in the red zone. Week. On like every single one of his catches in the red zone was a touchdown catch. Cra- just crazy efficiency in the red zone. That's li- unlikely to happen uh, again. It just doesn't. You don't catch everything in the red zone. It's just year to year. That's not something that works out. Um, he's got an injury again from that ankle. You know, had he hurt? You know, previously, and then a little bit in the Pro Bowl, and then now you're having a three to four month ankle surgery. That's never good. But the things. You know, 150 targets for Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu leaving the team, you know, being replaced by a, a trash dumpster that's uh, Brandon LaFell and, you know, a rookie in Tyler Boyd who hasn't proven anything. You know, Eifert's got a chance for more targets, so maybe he picks up more yardage next season and his touchdowns, his touchdown rate regresses a little bit. 
All definitely things I could see. He just needs to get healthy and back on the field, and I'd like to see him for at least a preseason game. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I, I agree. How many? Do you know? I was just trying to quickly look up a stat, but I for thirteen touchdowns. It's got to be one of the top three ish um, most touchdowns in a season by a tight end, right? Minus Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk. No. What he had the Gronk had sixteen. I think Antonio Gates had fourteen to sixteen 14. a couple times. But this has got to be right there amongst the best t- TV seasons for a tight end ever, and it's not repeatable. Yeah. But he could give you 300 more yards and make up for some of those touchdowns. That's that's the thing that you have to you have to remember with him. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> here's a question I got for you. I, where's Eifert going ADP? Sorry if I'm putting you on the Johnny on the spot. Eifert is going as the fourth tight end at number 48 overall. So end of the fourth round in a 12 team league. Nope. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Kelsey. Kelsey, who you can get 14 picks later. And I like I like that a lot. Remember, Kelsey was a fourth or fifth rounder for us last year. Now he's early sixth, late fifth. Uh, and I think he he actually. Came to play in the playoffs last year, had some great moments, and I think we would all agree. I, I drafted him, and I was happy after you inspired me to stag. I think both of us would agree. He left a lot of points, not necessarily on the table, but he was open a lot, and Alex Smith did. There's a lot of room for growth Look, he him. was a guy that everyone expected to take a major jump in his production from last year, or 2014 to 2015, and... He basically gave you the same numbers. So, not bad. You're getting 875 yards and five touchdowns. But people want to see out of him, especially what happened was, okay, now all of a sudden the wide receivers started coming back. And so, everyone was attributing him to be a guy that was going to get 10 touchdowns. Well, that didn't happen. And he's still giving you good yards. You're getting 872 yards out of a tight end. You're you're doing well. And you have the potential for him to be a bigger touchdown scorer. So, I mean, that's where you got to rely on it. And look, ever, ever since, uh, and, and he's not like he's getting this like minimal catches. It's 67, 72 catches, giving you about 70 catches a year. So if he does take a step up, he can go to 75, 80 catches and 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Now all of a sudden he's probably your number three tight end, if not number two. And he's a guy that uh, across the board, we're, and I guess all these guys, these top guys we're very similar on. But Stags got him the highest, along with Dog at four, and me and you, Houdini, uh, both have uh, Kelsey at five. So let's move on to uh, tier number. Unless you got it, you got anything else for him? No, nope. just catch more touchdowns, throw him the ball in the red zone. That'd be great because he's the best uh, tight end in terms of yards after the catch in the league. If and Alex Smith could lock in on Kelsey. The way that Kirk Cousins locks in on Jordan Agreed. Reed. The, I know that's not the way that, that this game plan is going to be, but if he did that at all, if he just watches the tape this offseason and sees how often on these post patterns or just these sit-down button-hook patterns that Kelsey is wide open and no one's around him and he's a beast once he catches the ball, if he can do that and start locking in on him, something that the team doesn't want but us fantasy owners, Kelsey could be beastly. And a bell birdie worthy. Do you like ice cream? I'm sorry, sorry, I don't follow. Let's just say that we won't be short of Chunky Monkey for the next month. Hey. Junkie Monkey or Chunky? Chunky. Chunky Monkey. Sounds like my good old days in New York. 
So moving on to tier three, we've got five players: Delaney <laughs> Walker, Gary Barnage, Zach Ertz, Kobe Fleener, and Julius Thomas. Delaney Walker's a guy. I'm slowly moving down my ranks because I feel like he's a bit overvalued. Yeah, he's been around forever. He is like shown up immensely, and now he's finally getting recognition. This is the, the time that you want to stay away from drafting him, just because you're going to have to pay more than you should, uh, and you're not going to get the. He's not going to improve off of last year. That's the other thing. Well, my biggest fear is look at the depth chart. Look at the depth chart from a year ago. And look at the depth chart for right now. It's just a whole different beast. I don't care how much better uh, Super Mario becomes. I don't care at all. The depth chart is much, much. Yeah, there's a lot more to be had there. And Delaney also, let's be honest, he had a lot of some of his biggest plays last year were kind of fluky. Um, and I don't know. I like Delaney Walker. I think he's a great player. If his value is there, he's a guy that I'd like to be able to go into battle with in my tight end position. But it's per, a little too rich for my blood. I'd much rather get have an Ertz, much rather have a Fleener. Gone. Which of these is more likely? 94 catches on 133 targets <laughs> or uh, 75 catches on 110 targets? He's gonna be. He's, he's, no he's coming exactly. way down in his catches. I mean, that's, that's, exactly. But his targets are coming way down. Exactly. And that's gonna bring down his catches. Exactly. And that's gonna bring down his yards. And he's never been a great touchdown scorer. His career high is six. So bring everything down. Reduce your expectations and draft accordingly. I think he should be more closer to tight end ten than tight end. Five. Right. Because his high numbers last year were also because he was that safety valve for Super Mario. So 133 targets. There you go. And in, so in he was the one games. guy that was able to. How many? Crazy. How many? I bet you you could. The previous three years you could add together and probably would come to about that. Eh, no. 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 He was getting okay. like 80, 85. Now, ever since he's been on Tennessee, he's, he's been getting had 100 targets. I guess I'm. Yeah. I'm thinking about the SF days. I suppose, and and hopefully you know Delaney, but he's he's, he's also long he's a great too. player. He's, he's just I think there's too many miles to feed. He's a good and there's too good, many, he's a good player. He's, he's a good player. You're right. He's and a good there's player. a lot of miles on him too. So this is also one of those things where it's is just, there a lot of miles on? I mean, eleven years in the league. Oh, okay, that yeah, that's true. <laughs> but never really played all that much in San Francisco. I know, I know, I know the wear is not there, but at the same time, age is age, and once you get to a certain point in time, sometimes just things happen to you, you don't bounce back as quick. Let's talk about about that. the same age as Greg Olson. Yeah, but let's talk about that team. (laughs) You you mentioned when we were talking about uh, Marcus Mariota, how there's so many different players, so that helps the quarterback. On that team, who are you excited about? You know, and I, I, I'll let you go first. Like, is there any? Is that a team that kind of? It's a fantasy wasteland. It's a wasteland. It's a fantasy. Everybody's gonna eat into each other's value. One, one time it's gonna be this guy's week, and you're not gonna be able to predict whose week it is. It's a team that's gonna just eat into each other's. The only player I'm excited about is Marcus Mariota. I'm excited about Doro Green Beckham, but I understand um, that you are as well. But I would tell you to temper your expectations about it because. You'll get a couple big games, but it's like you're not going to get that consistency that you need. I think he's a year away from being a, 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 an excellent, excellent potentially well, to establish it as a number player. one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that I did in my write up, I I had in our mock draft from our two podcasts ago. I had my, I think I had uh, Julio Jones, and I think my next guy was 
was either Moncrief or Doriel Green Beckham. And looking at that team, I was like, ah, Green Beckham, going into battle each week with him. little nervous about that. I like Stag Party's line there. It's going to be a little bit of a fantasy football wasteland. I think Mar- Super Mario could be the one, the benefactor of that. But uh, I don't know. You know, cause one week it's going to friggin' be Kendall, right? Like, uh, and then That's the thing. It's going to be a different guy every week. It's going to be Richard Matthews. You know what he is? He's, listen, he's, oh he's God, giving you the scenario. Matthews, he's giving you the scenario when it was Tom Brady early in New England. Yeah. There's David Patton, there's David Givens. These guys are all more talented than even that. I understand, it's but like, what I'm saying is the person that is the benefactor there is the quarterback. It's not yep. the wide receivers or any of the other skill positions. No doubt. Gary Barnage, out of nowhere. Gary! Gary, Gary I don't toss off. Gary, what are you doing in there? I Gary. love the stag parties. He's down with the uh, weird science You've now. been watching it on the replays that they've been putting on the TV? All it. Yeah, there you go. Now get your own, you dickweed. All right, Gary Barnett finished number two at the tight end position last year. Out of nowhere, uh, Dogmatico would be happy to say right now, I always knew he was a freak talent, and he's right. He always said he was. He got that opportunity. Now his quarterback is going to be RG3 or maybe um, uh, Josh, McCown. Josh McCown. What are your thoughts? You know, we're sitting here and we've got him at seven. Is Gary Barnage a value? Is Gary Barnage a letdown candidate? I don't, think, I don't think he can be a value. Because he are was people the really last year. high on that guy? You know what? That's going to be the interesting question. Gary Barnage is being drafted as the seven tight, tight end, 76 overall. So he's kind of where we have him here. He's the middle of the road, but at the same time, I'm you're pretty happy to get him. I, 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 that sounds like some value. No, Here's the thing. Well, no, let me, let me just finish. My, my thought here is that what he did last year, though, was just remarkable. It didn't matter who was a quarterback. It, it did. It did, but it, but it also didn't. He still put up points. With with Manziel there, he you know not he, he was on pace for with Josh McCown well, that, for one hundred catches, twelve hundred yards, and twelve TDs, which is insane, <laughs> insane. It, it, it's Gronkowski level. Yeah. So without him though, he's at a, a level of eighty catches for nine hundred and fifty yards. And and seven touchdowns. So I mean, he's still giving you good value there. So I think, I think he could end up being more like a Ben Watson this season. Than last season's Gary Barnage. So here's a question I got for you. Well, Josh Gordon. Either, right? Josh Gordon reinstated. Let's say this is just here to say reinstated. End of July. Does that and you got you got a Corey Coleman there now. Does that help a Barnage? So now you've got two. It what happens? What happens? Is it better for a Josh Gordon not to to be out for his third year in a row, or is it better for Josh uh, for Barnage to have him come back? What are now, your thoughts? I think his targets will be depleted immensely yes. if Josh Gordon is back. So maybe he's an 80-target guy instead of a 100-target guy. And then he becomes a tight end number 12 to 14. All right. A weekly streamer. Someone, this, that's a, that whole team, from their running back situation with Crowell, Duke, with how Corey Coleman's able to, to, to play at such a small stature, but he's, he's a strong guy, and what and whether Josh is back, how RG3 picks up the offense, what is Hugh doing, a lot of unknowns, but in all honesty, it's kind of an exciting, interesting team to keep your eye on. It is, but it also kind of makes me go... Oh, uh, yes. Who's next? Zach Ertz. Ertz. If, if, I like Ertz. If Ertz could 
if Ertz could play every game like he does the last game of the season over the last two years, he would be on pace for 200 catches, 100, 1,800. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? But the thing about Ertz is I, I like what he has going for him, though. Okay, here's a guy who has he's improved every year, but he, the one thing that he doesn't do is score touchdowns. And that's the one thing that, like, as a tight end, you either have to be catching for 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards, which normally never happened in the past, or you better be catching seven, eight touchdowns. And here's a guy that's only had four touchdowns in his rookie year, which is the most he's ever had. And he's gone down one touchdown per year, four, three, two. So, um, and his targets have gone up every year by like 30 targets. Yeah, that's why I like him. Travis Kelsey numbers next season. You think so? So five touchdowns. Like 900 yards five, and five, five touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> like, and that's a conservative touchdown number, but it is. You're, you're getting value. You're not getting value on drafting Kelsey anymore. But you can you get can, it on Earth. You can get it on Earth. You're right. Agree with that. Now, here's the only thing that I really, really like about Earth. And you guys know the last season I was kind of high on Earth. I was ready. I thought it was going to be Chip Kelly. It was going to come up. I, 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 I just thought it was going to happen. If, and you're hearing Sam Bradford, you know, a lot of a lot of negative press on him, hearing this week that it seems like Carson Wentz is kind of picking things up a little bit faster uh, than even Sam Bradford in this new Peterson uh, offense. Uh, if Carson Wentz uh, is, the, is the quarterback for the Eagles, I really like an Ertz because of the things we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Check down. Going to going to your you know get, easier read checking down easier read getting them at shorter routes. If Carson Wentz does day one starter, no one's well, saying that's out say of the realm of possibility. Supplants him by week, week five, five yeah, very good. And, and people are even saying that, like you know, Brad, the future is is Wentz. We took him, they moved, we gave a ton of, to get him. If Wentz is playing this year, and you're able to get a uh, or Earths with a late. I really, really like what you've got going in each week. I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. I just imagine the system's going to be the same, and Ertz is going to be more of a feature that he was in Chip Kelly rather than an after. Right, because it's it's the Kansas City offense, and this is where Peterson came from under under Andy Reid. That's where Travis Kelsey got his numbers. This is this is where Brent Selleck was making a name for himself eight years ago with the with the Eagles. So look, this is where it is. I mean, I, I just like the value if he could add. Just and remember when Selleck was doing it with the Eagles, no yeah. tight ends were doing what he was doing back then. What's the uh, what's the ADP on uh, Ertz right now? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Good value, man. That's, good value. That's a nice value. Or eighty four. Even but better. This next guy is the guy that you know. In some ways, he, could, he's gonna get. He's gonna get people who are gonna buy into love for him because of the move with Drew Brees. We're talking about Kobe Fleener. Yep. I think he's gonna. He's gonna be one of those guys that. You're going to look at it and say, oh, I can get him as a value, and, and somebody in your league is going to jump up and grab him. I agree. As, as the season goes, as the drafts move forward and forward, his ADP is going to be rising and rising and rising. But there's think good reason for that because I think that while I don't think that he's Jimmy Graham from those previous years, He's the closest thing to it since he's been gone, and we saw what Watson was able to do. We know how high we were on on Hill last year. Fleener is a guy that, out of all the players that we've seen listed, does actually have a 
possibility, it might be more of a long shot than a probability, of being like number one or two tight end in the position. Do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not. Do I think it could happen? Yes. Do I think that as the season goes on and, and this offseason goes on towards the draft, like you said, his his value, you're, he's going to be drafted higher and higher, so it's going to be less and less of a value? Yes. But the people that do go high on him and take that chance, if everything comes together and Breeze just falls in love with them and just that's his, his safety blanket, let's be honest, the only uh, I'd, be, I'd say the second best Weapon that he's got is uh, the the only weapon he's got Brandon that's Cooks. better is Brandon Cooks. Well, and the thing is too, you got to look at um, uh, Fleener is a guy who, <coughs> heading into two thousand into the last year, was high trajectory. He had come up a year with 774 yards on only fifty one catches. This is the thing; he's never been a guy that's been a volume catcher. But that's also because he's been in an offense that had Dwayne Allen. He's been sharing the load. So now all of a sudden, if you can speculate that he'll go from his career average of about the last three years, 53 catches, and goes up to 73. Well, that becomes a huge number for Fleener, and that, that's a big bump where you can go from 70, up, up to 73 catches and maybe get yourself up to close to 1,000 yards. Let's say he gets to 900, 950 yards, something like that. And can he go back to, because he's had three years of where he's basically averaged, you can take his three, take up the eight touchdown year out of 2014, and he's averaged three touchdowns a year. So is he going to be an eight touchdown guy, or is he going to be a five touchdown guy? You know what? He's very similar to like what we were just saying, like uh, what um, Zach Ertz is going to be, about 900 yards and about five touchdowns. So, but you can also give him a higher end and say. If Drew Brees does fall in love and they don't get any, and Willie Sneed regresses or something else happens, then all of a sudden Kobe Fleener becomes a 90 catch guy for a, a, a thousand to a thousand fifty yards and eight touchdowns. You're getting a major steal. I think Fleener's ceiling is much higher than Zachert's. Much in, higher. In just mm-hmm. a little weird way. Because hey, Fleener's already finished no his, doubt. as high as tight end six. And Brees has shown propensity to throw to tight ends. More than anybody in the yes. league with nearly 200 targets a season. Last season he threw the ball to Ben Watson, what, 128 times, 125 times? Uh, and that's a guy that you get, you could add up his previous four seasons and have yeah. less total targets. Uh, it's all about being in the right situation. Yeah, you got to be in the right situation. Yeah. And Fleener's younger, Fleener's faster, and you, you, you just don't know. That offense might right now might be like, this is our weapon of choice. Let's figure out how to get Fleener going. And um, I, I like Fleener a lot. And we've been trying to get figure out how to get Daisy going into the other room, but she's not having any of it. Well, the best windows Fleener. open. There's doors open. This is the hottest room in the house. And for some reason, she's circling around. The circling is great. First, we have a chair that's like pushed over to the side. She circled the chair four times. (laughs) Now she has walked in a circle six times before finally sitting down. Uh, I just she's an old girl. girl. I can't kick her out. Love that old girl. I can lock her upstairs, but I just too much of a lover. If I can get you know uh, Fleener at ninety nine in drafts, steal. I'm gonna be extremely happy. You know it's, what, either, it's, either Flanus, it's either Flanus or Best Cleaner. 
I don't know. Where are you going with that? Yeah, I wasn't sure where Fleenus. Hey, they all can't be home Fleece us? They can't be home I'm going to fleece you with Sometimes you throw out a joke and it's a dud. That was one. Let me throw out the guy, the last guy in the tier. And this is the guy that I think is going to be the guy that falls the most out of all of them. But still has the greatest potential as well. Julius Thomas. Here's a guy that was catching 12 touchdowns a year with Peyton Manning. Here is a guy that comes into a situation that is now strong wide receivers, right? Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. You have uh, those two guys who caught, what was it, 24 touchdowns last year are going to draw some attention away uh, from Mr. Julius Thomas. And now you bring in Chris Ivory. So now where is Julius Thomas going to make his hay? He is not going to be a guy that's going to even come close to giving you 1,000 yards. Are we in agreement there? In the best of years, if he suddenly got 120 targets, maybe. Maybe, but otherwise it's going to be about 700 yards. But if you can get 10 touchdowns, which he could do, this is and this is the thing: if he does it, who's the 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 the, the, the ones that take the biggest hit? And where we're wrong in our rankings is where we have Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. And I have Hearns not as high as you guys. But no, no, Hearns, Hearns or Robinson? I've got Robinson high, but Hearns, I, 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 I've got. He had he had a ridiculous year too with the ten touchdowns. We talked about that in the last last podcast too. But I've got I've got uh, jo, uh, Julius here the lowest. I've got him a, a lot lower than you guys. I've got him at sixteen. Um, I've been saying the same thing with him for a while. I feel like he's. Not really a football player. I think he, that he was part of those two amazing seasons where uh, you know Manning came over to the Broncos and just was in the perfect situation, and no one knew him, no one had any game film on him. And I don't know. I just I'm not with, with the additions with that great wide receiver core with the addition of Ivory. I I just don't buy that. Uh, I think Julius Thomas owners. No matter where they grab him, are going to be let down. Well, you're going to you, you can't expect 12 touchdowns, but if you're getting him now at the value that you're getting him, where you're probably getting him what about uh, pick 100. So if you're sitting in this situation, 90. 90. So fine, pick 90. You're getting him at a value, and again, I think that where where his benefit is is that he struggled when he was being paid attention to. Where, where he succeeds is where he's not being paid attention to, and I think that. <laughs> He got lucky in that he went to Jacksonville where he was basically coming in supposedly as the number one target, and now he's just like, you're number three or four, buddy. I mean, yeah. you're not even at Remember, the Remember, he was also list. hurt with a yeah. wrist injury all yeah. of last offseason. Yeah. And into and, the first half of the season. But also didn't have time to work with Blake Bortles True. early in the season. No question. But so this is play, all things that make him fall and make him be a better value for to you. To play the game, Julius Thomas... For you, and I, it's funny that I was ripping on uh, uh, Ladarius Green earlier, and I haven't ranked the highest. Uh, Julius Thomas for you or Ladarius Green? Probably Ju- Ladarius Green. What about I'm you? He's gonna take a swing for the upside. It's Julius Thomas. Okay, so uh, Antonio Gates or Julius Thomas for you? Julius Thomas. Yep. What about you? Julius Thomas. Okay. Um, Ebron or Julius Thomas, Julius Thomas. for you? Julius Thomas. I had, Thomas is my number seven. I'm not gonna. I'm not coming off. Of Austin Savary Jenkins or Julius Thomas for you. <sighs> oh, Julius no, Thomas. I have I have Julius Thomas higher. Okay, but, but I'm, I'm not. But if I'm looking at if I'm looking no no, if I'm looking at value, if I'm looking at value, I figure Julius Thomas is going before Austin Safarian Jenkins. I would prefer to wait 
The extra round and a half or so for Austin's free. And you can wait even more than that. But we'll, well, we'll go. Think? Julius Thomas. Okay. All right. That's but all I got. For you. That's all I got for you. Good night. I'll talk to you later. It's been a good tra- great time. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, go, let's go one more team. No, nah, yeah, I'm just messing around. We got to go deeper. This is tier four. We're going to go two, two well, tiers. We talked about a lot of these guys yeah, already. We already have. So, tier four is uh, Ladarius Green, Antonio Gates, Eric Ebron, and Austin Sparing Jenkins. Let's just any. We didn't really talk about Gates. Can he have a? Uh, sure, he can because with the I want to hear more of the Darius Green hate. No, I'm not going to give you the hate. Darius Green it's, hate. It's more Darius Green. I if he does go, we know. haven't seen it. It's before. I don't know. It's a lot of I don't know. And with him, I just it's hard. I'll, I'll take Darius Green, but I'll take him as a backup tight end. I'm not going to take him as a starter. What's his ADP again? Uh, tight end eleven. I don't know. So he should be a backup. I mean, a first backup. I hope they're stretching him out and putting him deep and having him. If they're trying to do, if they're if he's if they're trying to use him the way they used, it's going to be a Heath hybrid. Miller, but you can't use him super then, deep. Then, then I feel like he'll fail. He needs to be, be running. Hybrid. He needs to be running fifteen to twenty-five yard patterns. You know, that's deep. I mean, but he's like not the deepest threat. You're going to have a guy that's going to be blowing the top off, and then he's running that underneath a uh, middle deep route. Whatever he does is gonna be it's gonna be new and foreign. If he does great, it's gonna be new. Well, because they've never seen a tight end in, in Pittsburgh that can move like he can move. There's no, no doubt about it. So if Roethlisberger finds that love, and it, then then you're right, Stags. Then all of a sudden he becomes what you're talking about. Let me just the thing I like the most is what Ladarius Green was able to do without right. Antonio Gates, and that's I just four look catches at on six targets. For 50 yards and nearly a touchdown a game. I know. And, and you know what? He has the benefit, too, because he had the benefit there of a quarterback who was, the, in my opinion, one of the best leaders of, of passes to receivers to keep him in stride in Phillip Rivers. That guy is unbelievable. And Roethlisberger is pretty good at that as well. Huh? Gates is too old for me. Probably won't be on any of my teams. Even though I like what he's done, he's gotten to the point where the, 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 the window, the, 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 the times that he's getting things done are so far and few between and short. Uh, What do you got? The thing is, with Gates, he finished 7th in fantasy points per game last season. The thing I hate is he just can't make a move anymore. Like, he's tackled and go down, and if he's not catching touchdown passes, you know, what is he going to be for you? Right. You're not going to get all of a sudden the ridiculous, I'm going to, you know, oh, Ladarius Green's gone, all of a sudden my game goes up to another... Back to my, my, my 2006 uh, I don't, th- I don't <laughs> think he scores 12 touchdowns no. like he did two seasons ago. Uh, I don't know if he can surpass 800 yards like he did two seasons ago. I just wonder if those times are behind him. But he He's got targeted so holder. much with Keenan Allen out of the lineup. You know, The numbers last season looked pretty good. Yep, I agree. I think there's also more weapons there now. You got second year Johnson, like we said earlier. Well, Travis look, Benjamin look, look. now is 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 a what? They're 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 moving on and trying to bring things in. Whereas every year, even last year, going in last year, the, he's always been the number one target, always. Where now it's like Keenan's number one, and they're bringing in other things. They're trying to move forward and saying, all right, the the, the window's closing. The thing for me with this tier is that you have Ladarius Green, Antonio Gates, Eric Ebron, Austin Farron Jenkins. Three of which one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> uh, one's old, and the three are young with potential. So I'm, I'm, if I'm in this tier, I want to go after the potential guys. Let's talk about Ebron quickly. 
We 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 agree that uh, that um, you know the, the uh, Tate can have a great year, uh, great yak. Uh, there's no more Calvin Johnson. Ebron is the guy that needs to step up. We're talk we're talking about Marvin Jones being there, but Ebron's the guy that's going to step up. They're expecting him to step up. High draft pick, kind of been very marginal so far. Started out his career dropping the hell out of it. Got a little bit better last year. Is he a guy that's out of this list where we're sitting and we're looking at him at number 13 that could be a top three, top five tight end, or, or is that uh, wishful thinking? More top eight for me. Yeah, I, I don't know about top five. Danny, let's roll. What are you thinking? Pop? Sorry, I didn't mean to pull a dogmatic guy. I just was really thirsty. It's okay. We went to the pub. We went to the pub. Ebron, the thing you like about him is being drafted at tight end 16, pick 165. Ebron's so, that low? Yeah, no one's buying him. Oh, my no God. No one's buying. No one's buying. Okay. I don't know who I'm going to have a tight end. Just 70 targets last season, right? So if his numbers go up, he gets 30 more targets, which is possible with Calvin Johnson gone. You know, he catches He's going that late. 65 passes. He's going to get 700 yards, five or six touchdowns. Immediate value. I love it. I love it. I didn't realize he was going that late. Let's breeze through this tier five and uh, a show that we thought would be an easy, easy, a little under two hours. Thank God we got it going earlier. It's not too late uh, for us. Um, but we are running close to three hours pyro style. Uh, God, I love fantasy football. We love dropping the knowledge in the goo. Even this deep into it. Let's do a quick tier five. Dwayne Allen is at 15. Jimmy Graham is at 16. Will Ty, a guy I'm digging, is at 17. Uh, 18's um, Jason Witten. 19 is Jared Cook. 20, Charles Clay. I do not like Charles Clay at all. Uh, give me a little, give me a little, out of those guys, uh, who, who would you feel happiest going into a starting uh, them at tight end? Jimmy Graham. Just because I've seen him do it before. His potential to even get 50-yard games with a touchdown is, is much greater than maybe Dwayne Allen. Uh, Will Ty, you know, they drafted another tight end in Jarrell Adams. Uh, also Larry Donnell coming back, who they seem to like, and I can't fucking figure it out. <laughs> why like, the hell it is? I, I, I can't, like, that thing just doesn't work in my brain as to why anybody likes Larry Donnell. Uh, but hey... What can I say? Um, Sometimes a hot chick, <laughs> a, a not hot chick, gives a great blowjob. I'm with you. Jimmy Graham is the guy that I like the most out of this uh, situation here. Again, a guy who had the world on a string. I got the world on a string. Now he's got a uh, fish and butter rainbow. Uh, sorry. Uh, and now is this he's Elvis like. you're singing? No, isn't that Frank Sinatra? I have no idea. He sounded like Elvis. I got the world on a string. I don't know. I have to look it up. I don't even know. <laughs> I just know that I'm I'm uh, been drinking and I enjoy old songs. Fair so. enough. There you go. Uh, the second guy I like Will Ty. You know what? There was a guy that I picked him up last year. He helped me to a championship as well with Eli Manning. I had the combination, and the thing is, is that Larry Donnell sucks. We don't like Larry Donnell. I know they brought in some competition for him, but at the same time, this is a guy who just 
seems like he was getting it. So as long as he continues and works hard through the offseason, I think he'll earn that starting position, and he'll be a steal. He will fall, and you can pick him up at the last round if you want to. I like a Will Ty and a Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen is a guy that came highly touted, heavily talented out of college, has not done it since maybe his uh, rookie season. Obviously, Fleener's uh, surpassed him big time, and, and Dwayne Allen's been... Health. Hurt. Health. He's been yeah. hurt. But Dwayne Allen, if he can, they gave him the money, they decided this is the guy that we like the most, even with those things said. I like a Dwayne Allen. I like a Will Ty as well. And I like Jason Witten. Jason Witten, I think if Romo, we know the Romo Witten love affair. It's, it's, been, it's, a, it's a storied love affair. If, if Romo Licious just wanted to go by the way of, 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 of loving another man, uh, Witten probably would be the one that he would take. Personally, uh, when I get to this tier, though, I'm not comfortable with any of these guys. I agree. I don't want. I don't want to start. No, I just wanted to make that clear. No, no I, I agree with and you. And I think I we're all in agreement here. We're saying if you're going to have to pick any of them as starting, I think you would take Jimmy Graham just because of the past pedigree. But otherwise, no. There's none of these guys I want as a starter. I want these guys as backups with the potential for week five, six, seven. That all of a sudden, move, I'm moving you in. And also, even with how bad Jimmy Graham was, he had a 140 yard game last season. Yeah, okay. I just don't know that they're going to feed him the ball as exclusively as they were trying to early well, when they were trying that to get him the ball. Was just 11 targets. Yeah, and then they had, but then they also had their great success though once he was out of the offense. Well, remember also that it's a deep position, and we're talking right now about the 15th tight end. And in a lot of cases, the way that you can stream tight ends and you can hopefully can get a better tight end than, than, than these later guys, do you really need a second tight end? Maybe you do if it's a... If it's a tie, if it's an Allen, if it's a Graham, you do if it, if, if, you if you got Austin, if, Safarian Jenkins. If you're wait, if you're waiting to the if end, you got, if you've got, if you're, if you're, a if lot you're of rounds to, you draft, no, 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 twenty twenty four. This is the maybe, point the Stag's making. If you're waiting until round 10, 11, 12 to grab your first tight end, then yes, then you want to be grabbing one of these guys as your backup. Now, if you have a Kelsey, an Eifert, an Olsen, a Reed, a Gronkowski. No, you don't need to go and grab another tight end. You can go grab them off the waiver wire when you need to have that replacement. But if you're waiting until those later guys and you're and you're trying to go in, into other positions, then yeah, you should double up here. Th- think about, and then we'll just shut this out. Guys, and we're not going to talk about them, but guy in tier, guys in Tier 6 and Tier 7. Just to throw names out there to show other players and the reason why you don't really need to draft this second tight end because are these guys that we just mentioned any better than the next eight players? Which will be most likely on All the waiver wire. waiver wire. Yes. Absolutely. Kyle Rudolph probably might get drafted. Martellus Bennett. Not, not, it's not in New England anymore. New England, yeah, New England. Could, no. they, not the next. has a higher average draft position. Uh, Does he? Then hold on, hold, then Eric Ebron, Clive Walford, Dwayne Allen, wow. Benjamin Watson, Jason Witten. People let him go. Next, people think he's the next Hernandez. Yeah, let him go. Let him go. But that, but even the fact that even if he's available, I like him. I like Martellus Bennett as much as I like Witten, Cook, Clay. Maybe not Ty. I, those guys. Okay, Zach Miller. A little injured now, but right now he's the only fucking tight end on our team, and we know that the Bears throw the tight end, and he had a great season. Clive Walford, 
I think he's a great young talent. He's on this uh, uh, Raiders team that we like. Jordan Cameron, three years ago, came out of nowhere on the Browns and was sweet. Ben Watson, out of nowhere, had a great season Gase last year. Gase is also a guy who uses the shit out of the tight end. Yep. Yes, Gase is a tight end guy. He's got talent. Jordan Cameron's got talent. And he's dating a really hot uh, uh, Victoria's Secret we got to have that podcast. Uh, <laughs> ben, ben Watson, best season of his life last year. Got groomed and brought in by Ozzie Newsome, a tight end himself. We know we talked earlier about it's a crowded how we situation think for him. A lot, lot of opportunities there. Vance McDonald, I like him. Sleeper. Who knows? Richard Rogers, I like uh, Jared Cook, obviously, more, but Richard Rogers. Jay Samaro, sleeper. Max Williams, first round pick last year by the team by uh, the Ravens. Jacob Tammy, only tight end on the Falcons. There's a lot of tight ends that are just right in that same zone. Don't get caught up. There's about Seven of these guys that you can feel comfortable with. Maybe are you saying five no. or? I'm, go. I'm saying I just remembered uh, Marquise Lee's nickname is what the is Albino Tiger. The Albino, Albino Tiger. Tiger. Albino, and he's black. So yeah. I, I don't know where the albino is, but they seem to be excited about what they're seeing out of him. Uh, anyway, I think this is it, show. Is because he attacked Siegfried or Roy? Right. He's the White Tiger. Do you know that I was at Siegfried and Roy, like front row? And I Two think days it was before at the Mirage. No, but it was within months before. Me and my buddy Scott Murph, who's actually birthday. Could you see it the is. anger in that in that tiger's eye? No. Could you see it? But I could see the plastic surgery on uh, Siegfried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we were on the front row, and then like literally three or four months later, that happened. You get hit like, with a staple? <laughs> no, I didn't. Face but here's what off. we're gonna do. We're gonna give a high five. Love you guys. We're cl- shutting the show down. Somehow we were able to get to three hours on two positions that are <laughs> the light positions. <laughs> that are light positions. But this is what we do. We talk fantasy football. We go in depth. We do things differently than all the other podcasts you listen. That stretches to our website, our rankings, our draft kit. Pyro Pro, grab it. I didn't even do any Pyro Pro promo. I'm not going to do it now, but just grab it. You buy it now, it's a year. You have it a year from now. Just do it. It's 40 friggin' bones. Ask us any question you want. We love you so much for joining us on this journey. We, we're here every week. I know that Houdini and I are out on vacation next week. Or you're on work. I'm, I'm not on vacation. I'm, I'm on vacation. <laughs> Houdini's on work. Uh, so we're hoping and we're putting the pressure by saying this right now. Stag Party and Dog Manica are going to do a podcast next week. Holla for a dollar. And uh, we love you guys, man. This is it. Tears are our thing. And we're going to keep talking about tears all off season, leading up to the, uh, to the drafts. And we're going to be here for you every week doing a Pyro podcast. Check out Pyromaniac.com and all the awesome content we got there. And let's just win championships together. Let's, let's do this together. And uh, let's close this thing out with uh, pavement. We're going to go here. And then we're going to do, uh, we are going to do uh, uh, Zurich is Stain, which is a one and a half minute song. And then I'm sure you have one soundbite. I have a great soundbite to close out. So, so we got two you- songs. Pavement, check it out. Houdini, I love you, buddy. I love my listening audience. We love Stag you, Party. Party. Love you, buddy. Keep up the Heart good work. Soul. Here Amen. we are. Here. I Romaniac. Here. Out. Here. That's it.
What did he say? He said an edge is an edge. He only chopped it down because it's bought his view. What's Reaper moaning about? Right. Look, I appreciate your position, Mr. Webley, but you can't go around chopping down other people's hedges without permission. I suppose. I suppose. Yes, I suppose. Thank you. Aye. All right. Mr. Webley, I trust you have a license for that firearm. I don't for this one. Does for this one. He does for this one. What do you mean by this one?